join us here in a little bit. Oh, cool. Oh, we're God. live now. We're live. You, yeah. You sound like Bruce Willis in The Last Boy Scout. You ever see that movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He was. He did seem really uh, burnt out and defeated. I guess that's how I feel a lot of the time. Yeah. You really like that's what I'm picturing right now was uh, Joe Hollenbeck. That was his character's name. Just this unshaven five o'clock shadow smoking cigarettes. You, you just you said you should. You know, you were a P.I. at one time, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I was for years. I think I was when that movie came out. That far, 89, you were a PI? No, it's not that old, is it? Oh, yeah. Dude, you have no idea how old these movies are nowadays. Um, I, I know for a fact uh, Last Boy Scout was 89 because I was, I think, maybe a freshman in high school. Uh, but you want to feel old? Monsters, Inc. is almost, I think, 15 or 17 years old. Oh, Something man. Like, yeah. And... um. Toy Story, that's well old. That's, I think, 24, 25 years old. No. Is this? Yes. I remember. Oh, hang on. Man. That's why I feel exactly. I talk to you. You make me feel ancient. Hang on. I'm not, I, I'm not even joking. Because I, I looked this stuff up, and you're kind of like, no, it, can't, it couldn't have been. And then you do the math. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm not joking. It's Once you hit about 30, you go into hyperdrive when it comes to age. And then the years just... You know, they, they flash by like machine gun bullets. Hang on. My favorite movie is Halloween. Yeah. And uh, and I bought it first on VHS. I think it was the 20th anniversary or whatever. And then and then DVD rolls around and it's the 30th anniversary. And I think it's I think maybe even this year or it's going to be the 40th anniversary. So it's just like, bam, bam, bam. It's exactly like you say. Like Blu-ray edition, for yeah, 40. or whatever. Yeah, they keep on releasing new editions of it, and <laughs> and yeah, you just go, oh, twentieth. Oh, this is a really old movie. It was out twenty years ago, and now it's all of a sudden it's the fortieth anniversary edition. Well, if you if you want to feel real old, uh, and again, assuming my math is right, uh, Back to the Future. You know, we saw that when we were kids in the movie theaters, nineteen eighty-five. You went back mm-hmm. thirty years. Well, you add thirty years. You know, you thought 1955 was prehistoric times. We are now further into the future than they went back. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I remember that. Um, that went viral on uh, on Facebook. I remember that when they hit that 30-year th- thing. And everybody – remember all of my friends from high school on Facebook who I haven't, I haven't seen – mostly people since I graduated. And it was like, oh, my God, we're so old. <laughs> I remember watching um, – it was a John Cusack mini driver movie. He's an assassin. And he goes oh, to that's his one tent. of my favorite movies. Uh, uh, Gross Point Blank. Blank. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was a good flick. That was a good flick. Was it? Is it Jeremy Piven that's in it? Yeah, Jeremy Piven's in it. He plays his buddy. And the, the, the funniest guy is actually his poor psychiatrist, played by Alan Arkin, I believe. Psychiatrist? Isn't his sister a psychiatrist in that one? No, she was his secretary. He had this psychiatrist. No, so people, okay. I don't want to. He has a psychiatrist that he was going to, but he didn't tell the psychiatrist what he did for a living until after a while. And the psychiatrist, is, he goes, I, I told you, I can't treat you anymore. You're, you know, you're a killer. He goes, but you keep showing up here every week at the same time. <laughs> that That's a classic. It had that kind of tongue in cheek feel to it. Like, uh, uh, Tropic Thunder, which is also one of my favorite movies. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. You, you can't, you got it. It's, it's got a little bit of a play, a little bit of a musical feel to it. You can't, you can't take it too seriously. But I remember watching a movie about going to your 10-year anniversary, and that was 20 years ago. 
Yeah, that, and because I, I remember that was this. I think that came out a year before my ten year anniversary. Yeah, yeah, and so now it's. I think I'm coming up on my 25th high school reunion, of which there hasn't been one because everyone hated each other so much in high school. Uh, but yeah, 48, which is not too far away for me. That's going to be the 30 year reunion. So we're establishing our older brother bona fides right now. Yes. That's what we're doing. <laughs> not really. I'm talking just... about old movies. Yes, we are all old. <laughs> yeah. well, well, you know, there's, there's, you know, you know what they say: the older the bull, the stiffer the horn. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'm just feeling old, frankly. I mean, I'm still trying to ca- I'm still trying to catch up with the fact, like, 48. You know, not too long ago, we would have all been grandfathers. Yeah, Easy. yeah. And I just, you know, and now, like these little, because I got nieces, and that's why I'm being reintroduced to all these Disney, you know, and Pixar. I'm like, oh yeah, they came out a couple years ago, and my my um, sister in law, you know, who runs the nieces, she runs them, she owns them, and she runs them. Uh, she's like, uh, no, Aaron, <laughs> they're not five years old. These are fifteen to twenty years old. I'm like, what? Tim the Tool Man Taylor, uh, Home Improvement, twenty something years old. Either back in the nineties, twenty something years old, easily, easily. Uh, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. Now, is he coming back on the air? I thought they. I was going to ask that. Yeah, they, because Roseanne just lost her job today. Roseanne oh, Barr. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Uh, she no, uh, tell, she tell sent out something. a couple of racist tweets or something like that. Actually, and, racist or were they construed as racist? Well, um, she said she said something about Valerie Jarrett and basically said she looks like a cross between. Oh, what did she say? But she used the term ape, and I'm sure that's what got her in trouble. That's so. probably yeah. Once <laughs> you start going down the watermelon ape route, yeah. I, I, yeah. So I don't know if. Uh, the right was set up on this or not, you know, that she gets the show. Like this is, this would be a great troll job where, where she gets the show. Everybody on the right just falls in love with it. Cause she's being crass and talking about things that, you know, that that's, we sort of believe or whatever, you know, pro Trump, all that kind of stuff. And then, and then, you know, what is it? A couple months later, she loses the show because she sends out a couple of racist tweets. I don't know. Well, see, so. but the, that's one thing that kind of irks me. And, and John knows some people he runs within the same circles where I'll be listening to this podcast or this, this YouTube thing. And, you know, I'm always looking for new material. I'm like, Oh yeah, these guys are good. They, they know. Oh yeah. Good points. Good point. You know, smart and safe. Oh yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, if it wasn't for the fucking Jews, I'm That's like, exactly no! It's like, where did it? Then you lost me. And it's just like, where did that come from? It was completely <laughs> unnecessary. Now I got to rethink. And God, yeah. do I hate Jews too? Because I've been listening to these people. And it wasn't for the fucking Hispanics. It's like, oh, God. And then, then well, Aaron, you know, you know what they say about, about anti Semitism, don't you? I, I don't know. What do they say? Well, it, it's a disease, and you catch it from Jews. Oh, okay. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> I should one of these days, what I've always wanted to do is get a bunch of my different friends on here of, of different ethnicities and race. And we just have like a I'd have to set up a completely separate YouTube channel for it because it'd be taken down immediately. And we just <laughs> bring our most racist jokes ever. You know, but just get the best ones because you know, if you're mature enough, you 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 know, I'm quarter Irish or I'm sorry, quarter Jewish and I no longer Irish, I guess. Now I guess I'm Swede, whatever. I, a good joke is a good joke. 
And uh, I remember we were playing poker one time with a, a colorful group of people. And some of them are just gut-bustingly fun. Some of them, they had to explain it to you because you didn't. You're like, well, why is that funny? Oh, well, see over here, and this is what we do. I'm like, oh, okay, that is funny. But we just get a bunch of guys on here, and we just start ripping the racial jokes. And that, you know, bring your A game. And uh, well, well, one of the one of the fun things about growing up in New York City was, you know, it's you got every different race and ethnicity there is, you know, uh-huh. all jam packed together in close proximity. And we were constantly making jokes about everybody, you know. I mean, if, if you were Irish, I mean, one of my best friends is, is uh, Italian, actually Sicilian, so he's not even white, mm-hmm. and. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm his best man at his wedding, but I mean, we're forever, you know, I'm forever calling him a guinea, what dig or whatever he calls me, <laughs> potato eating Mick and, you know, patty and all this kind of shit. And we do, you know, it's, it's just, you kind of thick skinned about that. If you're from the East coast or at least the Northeast, you know, you know, New York or, or the, uh, the, the big cities in there like Boston and places like that. Cause you just have to be. Mm-hmm. Swedes well, and Norwegians aren't really known for their, their banter like that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I, I I don't think so. I mean, the They're worst that you, the worst you what's the worst you could call somebody in Minnesota? I mean, what would you say? Well, you get your Sven and Oli jokes. You're a really mean man. <laughs> well, you didn't pay your taxes there, now, did you? <laughs> you don't you know? Vote, don't you know that that the children are our future? Yeah. Don't you know oh, you yeah. got to vote for the children there? Sven didn't vote for the children. No, about the only thing is people make Sven and Oli jokes, which yeah, that'd be yeah, yep, yep. yeah. But uh, do the accent, yeah, yeah. But is, it, is there a term for a Norwegian or a Swede or something that's that's considered bad? Oh, uh, there is. You know, here's here's what it boils down to: if the majority, the vast majority of your population, don't give a crap about what it's being called, like, well, I was listening to the backlog. He was talking about how these um, East Indian, uh, not East Indian, American Indian, uh, our guys. Uh, they got sick and tired of all the baseball and football and sports ball teams using Indian names, Cleveland Indians and all that. So they started uh, a fake team called the fighting whiteies <laughs> and they started like selling t-shirts as a protest. But the problem is it got too it was awesome. popular. It was awesome. <laughs> I'm like, Shit, man. I'm not thinking about half doing it on olderbrother.com, which is up by the way, I'm going to sell shirts called the fighting whiteies. Mm-hmm. And, because you can take it like, okay, so the salty crackers. How about yeah, that? Salty, yeah. So the salty <laughs> crackers or the, 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 whatever, the corduroy wearing goofballs. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the jugs of milk. The, the, the blue bloods, you know, fine. Okay. But it doesn't offend us. So we don't really know. You know, okay. When people are cutting Irish jokes, I didn't care. I was like, hey, that's pretty good. I cut half of them myself. Yeah. Uh, but if all of a sudden you get someone who's real insecure about themselves or the race or the gender or whatever, and they get offended, I found it a great way to screen out guys. Like if you see a guy, you know, say he's Hispanic, not you cut a, an absolute racial joke, like, hey, how many Hispanics does it take to you know cross a river or something like that? But if you could, you know, like one guy walked in, you could tell he, he was totally cool with the guys in the cigar lounge. His name was Jose. And we walked in, everybody would go, Jose, can you see? <laughs> I'm sure he loved it. He loved it, right. Yeah. But like Norm. The- it's like, hey, Norm. Right. And then, yeah, Norm. So there was, um, you know, there was this uh, a place I go to. I shan't mention where. And there were two non-white males working. One was a female. And she happened to be um, American Indian. 
and the other guy was black. And I say, hello, Indian girl and black guy. And if and she laughed, and the black guy did not find it funny at all. He was, and I'm thought like we kind of had this rapport, and I'm kind of glad I took the shot because it's like if you can't take that joke, I don't trust you. Like if you're that serious about yourself, I just cannot trust you if you're going to get your tits in a bundle over that. And so I kind of you know not like I said, don't uh, you don't come in with the the n word and, and watermelon and fried chicken, but. You know, oh, <laughs> you want some suntan lotion? You know, give it to your black buddy. What are you talking? I oh, just thought you might burn out there. You know, just little little ribbon, and you you'll find out who can take it. And for God's sake, why are you the loudest person? Are you this loud in bed? <laughs> <laughs> I usually got my game turned up too high. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa! Turn turn your audio way down. That better? That's yeah. a little better. All right, stop. Beating on the guinea pig uh, cage you got there. What do you do? You bang your coffee on the table when you come in? No, I don't. I, I think it might have been just an electronic noise because I wasn't doing anything. I just okay. All right. Clicked on the. Uh, this is this is not this is not the backlog hour. <laughs> or the who else could I slam on? Um, oh, what's his name? He always gets pissed pissed off. I can. It's like a badger in a cage. You can poke him with a spoon. Um, Bernard Chapin. It's not the Bernard Chapin hour where we have little kids yelling in the background. It's not that I'll just wait over here. <laughs> no, no, but Aaron, what you were saying, that, that's that was actually that's actually a good point because you know, when someone is really thin skinned, like you were saying, you know, he got get offended at that. You said, you know, hello, black guy and the Indian woman or whatever. Yeah. Um, that that's a sign of like poor boundaries. Like, mm-hmm. you know, from the, in the psychological sense that they have such a weak sense of self that someone just making a, you know, relatively benign comment like that is going to uh, hurt them. And if, if someone has poor boundaries, it's, it's generally a sign that they have other fucked up issues, too. Right. Well, then also I'm kind of concerned because that's that's a sign of care and affection. Like if, if you don't like someone, you don't talk to them. Like you just have nothing to do with them. But if you, if you throw a couple shots at people, you're like, hey, look at Sternzinger. Uh, she's as loud as she ever was. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe deep down inside that there's somebody that actually likes Amp. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. Uh, that would be very strange. Well, no, but I just I just don't trust them. Like, if you can't see that that's, you know, uh, friendly rubbing and ribbing, I, yeah, I don't even know if men could be friends otherwise. I, you never have a guy where you go up like, hey, you're a real good Joe, and I like having you as a friend. You're like, what the hell, homo? Get the- <laughs> What's wrong with you? What are, you? are you drinking? Get the fuck out of here. Well, back to the Cheers thing. I just recently watched, uh, you know, a year ago, the whole series again. And that is like of Cheers, perfect- of Cheers. yeah, the, the bar, you know. Where everybody knows your name. Did you, did you say the whole series? Yeah, yeah. It was it's like yeah. years, years, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, I don't binge, but you know, no, I was going to say I don't have that much time. Of a night or something like that before you turn in. You know, all right. And, and uh, what a great example of what life should be like and friends should be like. I mean, they're constantly ripping on each other all the time, and and uh, I don't even know if that show would even fly nowadays. It probably wouldn't, but but. Um, but that's what you're talking about is that, that you got to be able to take a joke. You got to be able to take some ribbing. Um, and that's how you show that you care, really. And that, that's what that was the overall message of the show is that all these people were ripping on each other all the time. But mm. but uh, they, they honestly did care about each other. So it's OK to it's OK to do that. And we've gotten so far away from that 
that's one thing I wish as a kid that I did understand was, you know, the, was the, the ripping on each other nature. I, I always tried to, you know, Minnesota, nice Minnesota, you know, passive aggressive, nice. Um, I, I was never into the ripping stuff until, you know, until I swallowed the red pill and all that. And uh, really not like puberty, heck, even before puberty, you're in there and you're, I was always the guy that was ripped on and I didn't necessarily rip back. And, and uh, I wish I did because I think it would have been a lot more fun. (laughs) I could take a joke and everything back then, but I didn't understand that that was just the way that it should be. Um, And I think that's, you know, a lot of kids, I mean, anybody that's red pill, uh, you know, at some point they've overcome the lies of their past and, and that was one of them, I would say, was just, uh, you know, you show people you care care about them by being nice all the time. And that's not necessarily, wow. I mean, that's not real. So No, no it doesn't. That I, I'm wondering, see, and that, that's even, I'm surprised it happened to you because now I'm afraid, I'm always afraid to go and look at the younger people, like what happened to their world. But I, I'd be very curious, you walk into like, say, an eighth grade cafeteria I mean, are the boys picking on each other and punching each other in the shoulders and playing Roman knuckles or bloody knuckles rather? I doubt it. Are they just sitting there and <laughs> I don't know. I don't like know. My, my kids man? are, my kids are too young. Now I've got two girls. So, uh-huh. um, but, uh, I, as far as every time I've been to my daughter's school, the, all the boys are pretty well behaved. I mean, they're always a little bit more wild than the girls, of course, mm-hmm. that's normal, but I don't, I don't see, um, I, I guess that, I, I see a difference too between bullying and just good natured ripping mm. and ribbing. Um, it's like bullying is cruel where I think the good natured ripping is you're kind of breaking someone down to build them up. Yeah, no, it, it, there's definitely a difference. I, I'm, I'm all, I'm kind of for bullying a little bit to get everybody in line. I'm absolutely for the ripping. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever watched those old D Martin roasts. That would be, a hell of a way to be honored is to have all your friends come in there and just rip you a new one. But what I'm afraid of is it's going to be kind of like demolition man, where they're just like, be well, and there's <laughs> exactly. no shaking hands and no swearing, no yeah. swearing. Yeah. Did we lose Ann? Ann, you there? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm there. My, right. my microphone got muted for some reason, but it's yeah. fine now. Okay. John, you're still there. Yeah, I'm here, buddy. Oh, okay. All right. Just want to make sure I, I just, I'm all new to the, the live casting stuff. I, I just didn't want to interrupt. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. So, um, and real quick, I, I wanted to talk briefly about this, although as long as it goes, uh, you had a hell of an interview a podcast with Dr. David Perodin. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I guess I guess he's not here tonight, but um, that was that was awesome. Yeah, he, uh, you guys were talking, uh, kind of worlds colliding, where you were on the ground, and and uh, yeah, I find him a very interesting, fascinating guy because he has such a unique career, but. You guys were talking about how in now institutions, we knew this was happening in schools uh, with safe rooms and safe spaces. But now Dr. Uh, Perodin, uh, his job is starting to call him where safety, because it's safety. You know, keep in mind, that's the operating word is where people are now claiming uh, that they no longer feel safe or that they're in a safe environment. And now they're going to him for consultation because, you know, someone at an office says, oh, my boss is not providing me a safe environment. Now that's a punishable offense. And now they're going to safety experts like Dr. David Perodin 
to say, all right, is this an actual safe environment? And he's in the twilight zone. Yeah, he, he seemed really genuinely distraught because it's, you know, it's his job to get people out of, you know, sort of false accusations mm-hmm. of, of, you know, doing illegal things at work. But now that um, creating a hostile environment is a punishable, fireable offense, it's so vague. It's, it's not like sexual harassment. Like there are, there are rules for what constitutes sexual harassment. Like you know what sexual harassment is. But creating a hostile work environment, apparently some people are defining it as, well, my boss wouldn't let me go in the cry room when I was upset. And, you know, you know if, you, if, you, if you speak up against these policies where people can just drift off in the middle of a meeting whenever they, like, have a hangnail and quit working, then you're creating a hostile work environment. And he's getting a lot of people who are coming to him with, holy shit, I'm going to lose my career because... I told someone to not spend two hours in the bathroom and now I'm being sued. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing that, because you guys are, you're like, we shot this drone. You know, you watch Star Trek. Ah, there's a nebulous thing in front of us. Ah, let's fire a drone into it. <laughs> like, What's the drone saying? Eh, it's saying shit's fucked up over here. Um, it's kind of like, it's like you guys are the drone and you're reporting back because you've been in academia more recent than I have. He's on a consulting basis. And it's not even academia. We're talking corporate offices, state offices. And these are presumably full-grown. Well, that's our generation now. We're fucked up. Uh, the virus is spreading. Oh. <laughs> and I mean, I just. Aaron, Aaron, haven't you fantasized, though? Tell the truth. Like, just I know you hate, you know, corporate. Actually, this would be a good way for you to get back at that whole corporate culture. Is get a job. You could easily do it with your bona fides and your degree in economics, whatever. Uh, get a degree in the corporate world and then, you know, but, but claim to be, you know, trans gay Jew or something and, mm-hmm. you know, just bring like a massive lawsuit because someone like looked at you the wrong way. It just, you know. Aaron was just onto something like kind of hinting that like people our age, Gen Xers are turning into fucking millennials. Like I, I've, I've talked about this before. We're in a lot of career fields. We were just passed over because the baby boomers wanted to pre- pretend that they would be young forever, that they told us we couldn't advance and we couldn't advance till we were 35 or 40. And then suddenly they decided that they had to admit that they were old, but they wanted to align with really young hip people. So they started hiring millennials above us because they were the youngest, hippest people who were just out of college. And instead of protesting against this, or standing up and saying, fuck you, most people our age are starting to just try to blend in, be hip at 45, and act like fucking millennials. Like, I, a couple of years ago, this is a couple of years ago, I was dating, and I would set up dates with people, and I would say, okay, I'm going to be at a certain place at a certain time, and uh, I'll see you there. And the, the, the people I was set, trying to set up dates with would unbeknownst to me because I was at work and doing something productive all day, they would send me like five different texts asking me to confirm the date that I'd already told them that I would show up up at. So I'd get done with work, go to wherever we were supposed to meet and they wouldn't be there. They'd be in bed or something because I hadn't responded to their 15 fucking millennial texts to say that I would actually be there. Like you guys, we remember a world before cell phones. We remember when you called somebody up on the phone and said, I'm going to be at the bar at five on Tuesday. And you were at the bar at five on Tuesday. You didn't need to call me 10 freaking times for me to show up at the bar. Oh, wait, were these Gen Xers wanting to be millennials or millennials? Cause you're dating younger. <laughs> no, these were Gen Xers. <laughs> okay. 
That's no, that, right. You have a fetish for the young guys. I mean. no, no, she tadpoles all the time, man. <laughs> no, that, that's that's now. This was a couple of years ago when they still wanted to have sex. And I was dating guys my own age. And they were acting like millennials. Oh, my God. And I, I'm, sure it's only huh? got, I'm sure it's only gotten worse. And I've seen people my age saying just dumb SJW shit to try and look hip or fit in or whatever the fuck it is. Like, you guys, you remember reality, right? Okay. That's where we used to live. Maybe some Gen Xers have just checked out, though. I mean, I, I've sort of just checked out. I mean, I'm only working part-time. I mean, so I, I go into work, and it surprised me how how people put up with the suck so much. I mean, it's just it's crazy, the the, the diversity training, the inclusive training, the, the sexual harassment training. I, where- I, let me let me interrupt. Is that basically standard now? Because I haven't, I haven't been in corporate America coming up on eight years. I, mean, I think is, it's is that mandatory. Yeah. I don't know if it's mandatory. Like like my the company that I work for had diversity and inclusiveness training, and I'm like I'm not fucking showing up for that. No, no fucking way. I'm not going. Did to you that. did you refuse to show up? Yeah, I didn't go. I didn't you go. Showed up at your desk with yeah. a cattle prod. <laughs> I'm not. Why, I didn't why go. are all Starbucks stores closed today for their yeah? That's right. Yep. Training? Every Starbucks store in the world, I think, closed today for that. Yeah. Except oh. the ones in China because they don't care. <laughs> they they're openly racist. Well, you got you got I don't know if you've been watching the uh, the um, I don't know where where this was on Facebook or whatever. People are showing pictures of the Starbucks bathrooms now because they have to open them to anybody. Oh God! Right. So people, all the homeless are just going in there, and they even showed like there was even a picture of like one guy using the uh, baby changing station as like a where he sets up all his stuff to do his, his heroin shoot up fix and everything. <laughs> Seattle? Uh, I, well, I don't know. They're, they're, this is from all over the country, but I'm sure in, in Seattle, we got a terrible, terrible homeless problem now because we have a fucking communist, uh, uh, literally an admitted communist on the city council. And she, yeah, that East Indian chick. Yeah. That fucking gash. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to, I'm sure the, the the Starbucks there are totally unusable. On, on Monday night, I was actually at a, an outdoor Starbucks in Chicago. There was almost nobody there. It was nice, but they closed an hour before I expected them to, and I was working on a deadline. So I had to, like, peel out and dump myself in the, in the first rest, restaurant that was open late that I saw. And when I sat down, and I was kind of grumbling as I sat down, I was like, oh, God, i got to buy something even though I'm not hungry because, you know, I need to sit here and use your Wi-Fi. And the waitress looks at me, and she goes, you don't need to buy anything. Anyone can come in here and sit down. And I was like, holy shit, it's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so a few minutes later, I actually ordered something because I feel shitty just sitting in a business not using their products. And she came over and she, she, she brought me my food that I ordered that I didn't even want. And, and okay, seriously, you got to look. Are you kicking your, your table or anything? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, 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 and, I, and, and, do you hear, hey, listen to this. That's you. Did I, did I bang you're on my microphone a little bit? Okay. Does that come through? You know, I wave my through? hands around a lot when I talk. Maybe All I'm right, let, let us not wave our hands around while we talk a lot. <laughs> I don't know why I'm waving my hands around. Let's, let's not wave our hands at all and come in contact with things. Let's just tell the story of you over at the coffee store with one of them. Continue on. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm working away and she comes up to me unbidden and goes and asks me what I'm writing. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, well, I hope someday 
you are writing a brief that will get Trump impeached because I want to be the waitress who waited on the girl who wrote the brief that got Trump impeached. She Wait, she immediately went to that? Did yeah. you give her a penny tip? Yeah, she, <laughs> but, she, she literally just said this to me, like, and I was just staring at her like, uh, I did order food. Have Not you noticed like, that? Oh, the leftists just, they, they constantly just, they'll tell you exactly... You sort of admire it in a way, but they, they tell you exactly what they think all the time, expecting that you think the same way. I, I run into it all the time, too, Anne. Well, you know, some black people walked past the restaurant while I was sitting there, and I didn't throw Did my you phone cover pants? Yeah. Did you trip over herself to go help them? <laughs> well, I didn't throw my food at them, so she probably assumed that I hated Trump. Well, I'm just kind of amazed. It's zero to let's talk about Trump in five seconds. Right. Like, don't you have anything better? Like it's very telling what's forefront on their minds. Like you go talk to like, say there's a, a let's say this was a younger lady, you know, 22 or something like that. She might want to say, Oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. Something about college. Or you talk to a 50 year old woman. Oh yeah. Something, something, my kids. Or you talk to John, and John, you know, he'll say something, something, my whiskey. It inevitably tells you the first thing to come up in topic of conversations. So they have nothing else going on in life that the first thing they want to bring up is is tr- getting Trump out of office. Yeah. Yeah, see, what I would have been thinking when I was her age waiting tables was, oh, God, this old bat wants to sit here for free and not buy her shit. Okay, now she's going to order something. Oh, God, now i got to go bring it to her. Okay, here's your shit. I wouldn't be thinking of the president of the United States. <laughs> I'd be thinking about the dumb customer. <laughs> and she was assuming what you were writing. So yeah. you were writing. You could have been writing about anything. Yeah. And she's assuming that you're writing a brief to impeach Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I remember uh, I went to the grocery store, very similar to this. Yeah, and it's a grocery store. He wasn't even my cashier. He was the bag boy because I go to the Richie Lee to snobby WBL grocers. Um, so I'm lining up the paying the thing and stuff. And the lady's like, oh, that'll be, you know, twenty three forty. And so the bag boy, he's like, there you go, sir. And I say, thank you. And I don't even know how he brought it up because it couldn't have been too smooth. But I think I was just so shocked he brought it up. He's like, yeah, you know. It's kind of sad Trump got elected. I'm like, how did this come with you begging my groceries? Put the fucking cabbage next to the fucking broccoli and have a cup of shut the fuck up. And and so with Why was and he I, putting Cheetos? Did you buy Cheetos and that's what made him think of no, it? No, you no. Know, he just giving him the benefit of the doubt in the slightest amount possible. Oranges, maybe. And no. he and he's looking at the orange going, man. Do you guys it's too remember, bad Trump got elected. Do you remember the movie Road Trip? Yeah. The I guy remember. who, there's that really skinny kid. Yeah. Uh, it turned out he had cancer in the real life. That's why he was so skinny. Uh, but he's the really emaciated skinny guy, and he sleeps with the big fat black woman with the leopard undies. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? It's like, yeah. what would you do, kill a cheetah? Anyone know? Anyway, uh, that's what he looked like. He was this skinny, emaciated kid. But he had glasses on, and with and you guys would be so proud of me. And this is about not not trying anymore. This was like I think this was the pinnacle of enjoying the decline. Where I said, "Oh, are you in? Are you in high school? Going to go to college?" He says, "Yeah." I said, "What are you going to study?" He says, "Theater." I said, "Well, <laughs> listen, I'm an economist. And I'm not joking, man. You need to get your doctorate. You <laughs> yeah. absolutely need to get your doctorate." 
You are not going to find a job with just a bachelor. That's a tough degree, man. I'm telling you right now, you better commit to getting a doctor. He's like, you think? I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, just look at the statistics. Doctorates make more, don't they? He's like, yeah, thanks a lot. And I'm praying that piece of shit follows the advice. Did you tip him? <laughs> if you tipped him, he might be like, yeah, this guy oh, really is looking out for me. I should have tipped him. Darn it. That would that, that dollar would have dollar tip to a bag boy, right? I mean, if you're if 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 you run into that situation again. You tip somebody, they're going to think that you're actually looking out for them. And think about the economic warfare, the exponential economic for a dollar. I made him sign away on a quarter million dollars worth of loans Mm -hmm. and eight years of his life. I mean, you want to talk about a destructive dollar that, oh, I should have. That's that's a beautiful thing that you did, Aaron. That's beautiful. (laughs) It is. But that's on his wall, the dollar that ruined my life. (laughs) Like people put the first dollar that they make at their business on the wall. You know what's funny about those businesses? They usually don't make money. <laughs> as a banker, <laughs> yeah, because we would. We, well, as a banker, you know, we of course we can't lend money to people that have good ideas or businesses. We have to lend to sports bars, and so we go to the sports bar, and there always be these dollar bills plugged up, and then more than one is like three different bars we had business with, and they had the dollar bills well written on, and. And I was th- sitting there, you know, more than once thinking, like, well, that's some collateral we could collect. <laughs> Got about at least five hundred dollars up on that ceiling somewhere. We could collect that. Huh? Man, that would be that would be the uh, the delivery of shame, huh? <laughs> Somebody showed up and just took the dollar, took the dollar off the wall. Skinny banker like me coming in with a step stool, taking it out with a stapler remover. What are you doing? Collecting, you piece of shit. <laughs> I'm keeping the frame, too, because it's worth more than a buck. Trying to pay the piper. Did you, uh, speaking of idiot kids, do you hear about the, the million-dollar-plus student loan group? No. Well, what is it? Oh, my God. Wall Street Journal came out with an article. And I was on the Greasy Pole podcast, and I, I just saw it. Someone had sent it to me before I got up, and we we looked into these guys or this guy. But apparently, according to U.S. Treasury data or whoever's in charge of student loans, U.S. Department of Education, um, there's over a hundred people in the United States that have over a million dollars in student loans. <laughs> that's got to be a scam, right? They got to be milking. Yeah, it's called it higher education. It's called no, college. I mean, I mean, that's got to. They have actually got to be like money laundering or something. <laughs> Uh, I mean, is it even possible to spend that much on education? If you get a doctorate in theater, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what so that's what we're trying to figure out because they don't tell you about the they don't go into any other demographic information. Like we did an analysis of the hundred and one people, uh, they just use one guy as kind of like the poster child, and he you had to. And this is why even the Wall Street Journal is bad at journalism. It just come out and said. He was a party boy, spoiled brat whose parents paid for the undergrad. He went to orthodontist school to become a dentist. And he went to a very rich party school in L.A. And not only that, but him and his girlfriend had to, like, rent an apartment and they needed help. Her mom lent them the money for a down payment on a house. And then also they needed money to borrow during while he was going to college to afford a used Mercedes. Right. So oh, well, this, at least he was, you know, making economy somewhere. It was a used Mercedes, right? So he, but he was. It, not only was he signing up for essentially medical school, you know, which is a three or four year program for dental school, at about a hundred fifty, two hundred thousand a pop. Um, but he was living the the wannabe 
LA douchebag. You know, Californians, like when you hear Californian, you just see the 32-year-old BMW convertible making his sales job, living in, you know, Van Nuys, not a nice place, but always has to act rich and they all have to go to the fancy nightclubs. That's what this douchebag was. He was but he, he was, had to have been tapping into multiple streams of loans, right? I mean, now the government's taken over like almost all of them, right? So yeah. was this back when there were many different areas that he could turn to and double dip and triple dip and quadruple dip and yeah, I think and so. Just live uh, that lifestyle yeah, and then he, he, and then vote for Bernie and hope that all is forgiven. Yeah, well, he's he's our age. He's in his forties. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he he definitely had access to you know beyond Pell Grants and Stafford loans and all that. So he's basically uh, John Belushi and Animal House, where he's sitting there going seven years of college down the drain, right? He's just he's just milking it. What's even worse because this is probably the worst guy they probably picked. Although the Wall Street Journal could have uh, clandestinely been doing a hit piece on this guy, he makes a quarter million dollars a year. Okay, and, and he is his personal fiscal finance, and then he says that he can't afford the fifteen hundred dollar a month payment just to be current on interest. It's like. How do you make a quarter million dollars a year and you can't even make the $1,500 a month interest payment? Well, then you read through and there's hints dropped within the article that this is this party boy now uh, who's the, the, the chickens have come home to roost in the form of debt. And he just doesn't want to pay the debt. I think he's kind right. of hoping for, yeah, Bernie to come in and forgive all the student loans. Because he's a poor you student. You can't write off student loan debt, right? I mean, that's the one thing through bankruptcy you can't get rid of unless you show. Correct. Unless you elected share. Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders, yes, right. where we do right. the exact same thing for the bankers. So you'd have all the OWS protesters who are protesting against the bankers clamoring to have the exact same treatment and then still right. the hypocrisy of it. Right. Well, it's different because it's me. <laughs> right. It is. <laughs> Seven years. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I look at it this way. There's, I mean, Aaron, how much uh, outstanding student loan debt is there now? Oh God, one point five trillion. I just remember reading it. One, it broke yeah. one point five trillion. Yep. So what, there's no way this is going to be paid back. I mean, how many zeros is that? Uh, is you can. That's nine. No, a billion is nine. Trillion is twelve. Um, it can be paid back, and I kind of insist that it is. Um, as much as I've tried to warn and told the sirens and prevent people from going off that cliff. Now that people went off that cliff while passing me, giving me the finger saying, fuck off you racist, sexist piece of shit. And now I'm like, okay, millennials, you go run off that cliff right now. I want them to pay it back. And I don't, I'm so happy that the number one thing I was happy about Trump getting elected was that he wasn't Hillary. And the second most happiest thing is that there was no student loan debt forgiveness. That's going to happen for at least the next four years. Right. And, but, but doesn't that affect inflation? I mean, if they decided to forgive all that debt, that would basically be like the Federal Reserve just printing money. So it would have yeah. an immediate inflationary effect, right? Well, all these people that are, uh, you're not, the cost but, of money for them went to zero. Right, but you're and all that all money this- has already been spent and in the system and they're not having to pay it back. So it's it, it would be inflationary, right? It- it would be, um, but the problem is we did the exact same thing with the bailouts of the banks, except it wasn't 1.5 trillion; it's just basically under a trillion. And uh, I, not to bore you with the concept of velocity, uh, but if there's not a lot of confidence or faith or hope in the future of the economy, people don't spend their money as frequently or invest it. Corporations don't invest it, and so the rate at which the same dollar bill is spent to respent has gone dramatically down. And I think right. the millennials. So in, in other words, the, the, I think 
the layman's way of saying this, it doesn't matter how much money is printed. It's how much how much people are spending. It's what's called the velocity of money. Right. And what would end up happening is there might be a jubilee, which is quite the literal term. It's a Jewish term meaning jubilee, yep. a debt forgiveness. Yep. Seven years. Be, yeah. yeah. There would be maybe a jubilee on the part of millennials where they might go and buy some more craft beers or some shitty plaid shirts. Uh, or grooming, beard grooming equipment. Um, but I think they are so, the fact that they don't have jobs, you know, they still have to, they're, they're still living paid. They're not even paying down their debts. So without, let's say you remove the the um, the student loans that they weren't paying back anywhere, the, their cash flow situation is still the same. They're yes. underemployed. Um, they, they can barely make it in the real world. So I don't see them spending a ton of, plus they also, I'll bless them for this is they are somewhat minimalist. The, the, the millennials and Gen Zers are not like, Oh, I got to have my Z Cavarishi jeans and my Nike high tops. Um, or I need my grills. So I think the velocity of money would stay remain low. They're certainly not entrepreneurial. Uh, there certainly is no rah, rah Reagan eighties. Let's go invest in the economy, get the velocity on the corporate investment side. So what I think would happen is you just have a, a big balance sheet swap, in the Federal Reserve, very identical to what we did. The Federal Reserve, instead of holding gold in foreign currencies, would hold very bad mortgage-backed securities and asset-backed securities from the defunct mortgage market. Uh, but now, instead of mortgage-backed securities that are never going to be paid back, you're going to have student loans, which, which is bad, but even worse – because there's no collateral. At least a house you can collect. Right. Uh, there's some collateral there, but with the and that's you know, you a liberal, write it off. yeah, yeah a, a, a women's studies degree has no value, no value. You cannot get anyone to buy it on the secondary market. Nobody wants that hairy vagina women's studies degree. Now I'm imagining like the cops, no, not not the cops, the repo men breaking into somebody's apartment and just like digging through her dildo collection and all of her like <laughs> My Little Pony costumes and like getting the women's studies degree out from under the pile of used lingerie and, and just like her grabbing his leg and screaming as he heads out the door with her diploma. Yeah, yeah. Her, she probably has all of Lena Dunham's books and uh, DVDs. Here's a here's a good idea. If they're gonna, because what you've been saying, Aaron, is that is that inflation really isn't going to be affected if we forgive all this debt. I was hoping you were going to say, man, it's gonna it's gonna there's gonna be some inflation, so I can be against it. I can say, fuck but, you, no way. It's, you know, no, what, you what, pay back your debts. But what if back to the old the the dollar bill on the wall thing, mm -hmm. right? Where you go and collect and you take that dollar bill. From from the person that's gone bankrupt. What if the what if to forgive the student loan debt, you take away their degree? That would, that would be, be awesome, awesome, wouldn't it? I mean, that if they're worthless so degrees anyway, you take it away from them. You're no longer a, a BA or whatever. And know, it would be so studies. it would be so devastating to them because you, me, and and, and John and, and Anne and everybody else listening pretty much knows well those degrees have no value. Uh, but if you are your average normie conformy inferior, you have nothing else in life. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and I hate to keep ragging on the women, but this is especially pronounced in women who have their master's degree in, in uh, kitten petting studies or whatever the hell Native is Native American this. language, right. uh, poetry, dance. Right, right. Hyman studies, whatever. I don't know what's out there now. Um, that's, all they, out there. that's all they have. Is their degree so? If you were to uh, renege or uh, decertify them, and you take away their degree, 
even though it'd probably be the best thing for them, they are such worthless, valueless, coreless people that I think they'd be committing suicide. I mean, that's all they have to point to to shield their egos. All they have right. in life is this degree that they earn. I graduated with honors with right. you know with summa cum laude with my degree in sociology. And if you took that away, they'd be forced to actually look at their lives and say, right. what are you without this piece of paper? Yeah. It's- yeah well, it's, so, so I'd be for it then. Forgive the loans in exchange for you take their diploma away. They're no longer... I mean, if they didn't pay for it, they don't get it. I, I th- I'd be for it then. If you're saying that inflation won't go up, right, and it's not going to affect me personally, my, the value of my dollars and my wallet that I'm assuming I've we remain the world's reserve currency, yes, yeah, yeah. And so, so if we forgive all these losers, basically that chose worthless degrees in exchange for forgiving that debt, take their diploma away. That'd be freaking awesome. I'd sign up for that job. That'd be great. It's not just the women's studies degrees that are actually kind of useless. Like even degrees that are kind of hard to get. Like I have a degree in classics and I have a degree in French. Most of the jobs that I've gotten are because of my work experience. But I got those degrees as incidental to the shit that I wanted to go learn and the fact that I wanted to like spend a year abroad without spending a shit ton of money. So if, if I got that deal, I'd be like, oh, sure, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're aware and you're sane and you have other value beyond that piece of paper up on your wall. Um, oh, God, I would enter. I would go apply for that job. I'd enter the workforce again to be the degree repo man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I have unique skills in this area. I'd probably be pretty good at this. What, what you got to outrun a 300-pound sow so she doesn't catch up with you? you Help out a rascal and say rape? What oh you-, you guys, Good. this is easy money. We, we need to start a company. Last week, we were going to start a law school, right? Sturzinger Law, yeah. 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 This, this week, we're going to start a repo company for worthless degrees. <laughs> yeah. Let's get a van. Get, vote, uni- get uniforms. We, we could be like the Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's, that's great. We get cool uniforms. Yeah, yeah. Like we we could even get like Ghostbusters style, like like a, a, a little gadget that we could vacuum the degree into. Like it's like shred it right right there in front of their face. Yeah, we'll have the Beckloff as our mascot. What would we do? Drink Pepsi and and yell at the internet. What I'm trying to picture the Beckloff uh, mascot. I just know that Ghostbusters is his favorite movie of all time. So. It would be the millennial well, Sophie's well, well, Choice, I, right? I, I, just, to, just to change the channel, uh, something I had a unique experience today. For the first time in my life, I went to a, uh, I get, what do you call it, a game store where they sell video games. Yeah, like GameStop or something? Yeah, it was a uh, Game Gurus, I think it was called. It's, it was like secondhand, like where you go to sell games. And the reason I went sure. there, I don't know if, you, if I told this to you guys or you saw it on my Facebook, but my car was stolen two months ago. And um, the people who stole my car uh, used it to commit – you know, tons of other break-ins and stuff like that. So when uh, the police actually stopped the guys in my car, when it was recovered, it was filled with stolen property and like, you know, to the brim. But one of the things, uh, as, as well as like tons of drug needles. Um, and one of the things that the cops left in the car though, was a bunch of games like Xbox and uh, PlayStation type stuff. And the, and I told the cops, you know, they left and the cops, I just fucking keep it, you know, so I went to the game place to uh, to sell them, and I was just thinking, God, Beckloff would love this fucking place. Why is it big? 
Well, yeah, well, it has all these like old games. Like you can get like uh, like stuff that we would remember, Aaron. Like you know, like Atari Twenty Six Hundred and shit like oh, that. Old school. Yeah, it has all these refurbished like old games and and um, it, you know, just all that old stuff. It's for like real, you know, really geeky people, and and people will pay top dollar for that stuff because it's you know they haven't made them in years. There's not that many of them out there. Well, they I I know it's gotten so well bad or good, however you want to put it. Um. The tube TVs, not flat screens, tube TV, TVs are in demand because if you want to play Atari 2600 or Coleco or um, any of the old stuff, you, you can't – there's no USB port. There's no HDMI port. You need an old school TV to play a lot of these um, – a lot of these, you know, Atari oh, I didn't games. Think of that. Yeah. So now those yeah. are huh. – So What? Somebody – well, there, there you go. Business idea. Make a converter so you can, so you can put it on your TV. Yeah. I like – Degree repo man, worthless degree <laughs> repo man. <laughs> That's more fun. We get to have like a, a, a cool car and you know a siren. And, and we have an old firehouse and you know <laughs> a pole. And they hear you it hear coming sliding down that pole in her uniform. They hear the siren coming in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, we we got a basket weaving degree in Boys Town. Everybody get in the car. All right. Calm down. And then, yeah, we can film the people trying to run to catch up to us. <laughs> a whole show, yeah. I mean, like cops. We make, And you know what? It, we'd be like ice. Instead of getting one or two, we'd get like 100 in one shot. So we'd like raid university women's studies departments. You're all coming with us. <laughs> They're all hiding in the coffee shop. Yeah, yeah the coffee shops. That's what we would do. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. You do a great mockumentary about this. That's a good idea, right there. That would be funny. I'm for. I'm for, back to that though. I guess I'm for it if they give up their degrees. That that would be. I, I I'm not. I, I mean, as as great as that would be. I mean, ideally, what I'd like to do is say we're going to take back your degree unless you pay down half your debts within ten years. That's right. what old Aaron would do. But if the Republicans had this option, like, okay, we'll forgive student loan and da da da. But there's going to be massive. We're we're no longer doing any federal funding or any fe- like it ends. We're bailing right. it out and we're not doing it ever again. Yeah. Uh, the the colleges are replaced with accreditations and certifications that are self study. Um, and by the way, we get to rescind and confiscate everybody's degree that has outstanding student loan debt. Yeah, if they get forgiven. Yeah. Then that that would I'd almost say that'd be worth it. I'd almost say that'd be worth it. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now while they got the world's reserve currency and China keeps being corrupt, and so does Russia. Yeah, there's no one else that's going to stop us in the currency game anyway. So the iron is hot. Yeah. The, well, I just I I want them. <sighs> the smugness and the holier than thou and the, the smarter than thou attitude these young punk kids had. Right. Who thought they knew better? I don't want them. To get off the hook, at I just want them to suffer. Like, uh, yeah, what was the movie? Mission Impossible Three was Philip Seymour Hoffman was the bad guy. You guys know who Philip Seymour Hoffman was? Yes. Yeah, yeah he just know. died a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, and he's one one of the best actors. Unfortunately, he's really good. Yeah, yeah, it was really good, and he he played just such a bad guy. And one of the more chilling lines he has is, uh, and he's not angry or yelling. He's just telling her, "I'm I'm gonna find her." And, um, I'm gonna hurt her. I'm I'm just gonna hurt her a lot. And he's like, wow, this guy's deadly serious. And that's the same thing. I want them to suffer. I want them to worry about their debts. I want their lives ruined because of it. Because they ruined my country. 
They decided they knew. And, and it's one thing if you're a young, naive kid and you're going to vote leftist, Obama, Bernie, Hillary, whatever. But when you dare lecture me like that Dave Hogg fuck, right. that, oh. that smug little piece of shit, you know, the that's punchable face guy. Yeah. the most punchable face in the world. But it's those people where it's like, yeah, you know what? No, I want you crippled. I want you financially crippled until you're 50. All you women's studies majors that ruined women for me and then DT and John and, and the guys for Anne, all you feminists out there who ruined the sexes for each other, I want you to be 60. And also, you guys remember the article I did a, a segment on on the Clary podcast about the adjunct professors down in San Jose uh, that were resorting to prostitution and having to live in their cars and everything. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want that. I want that so much for these people to happen. And, yeah, and you wrote a really good piece a little while ago about how hilarious, how hilarious it is that the millennials are actually old now. Yeah, they're in the 30s. They're having kids now. Yeah. Yeah, they're the same age that they were when they were hired instead of me in media because I was suddenly too old. And seeing them, like, just fat and balding with their hipster clothes still on is just fucking hilarious well like, you've never done anything with your life and b by taking all those internship jobs in journalism and working for free because your mommy and daddy or your student loans had enough money to pay for you to live for free for a couple of years you ruin journalism and that's the only thing you can do because you have no skills so right. congratulations you fucked my life and now you're fucked good wait and are you saying all those women writers at Salon and XO Jane and Slate are not making enough money to live in Upper East Side Manhattan, New York? You know, that's kind of a weird coincidence. Oddly enough, salaries in journalism are rock bottom right now, and yet they're still all living and in And I can't hear you over you playing your bongo drums on <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I talk with my hands, and shit just gets in the way. Like, you can't, you can't go to dinner with me because I knock over can we get you one of those, on like, the table. Can we get you one of those, um, those hand workout things? That <laughs> or or give, me like a yoke, give me, like, a yoke or, a, like, a stock where my hands are just stuck next to my head. Well, no, I think you need to shake something. Like, they, they spoof that uh, shaky stick. Oh God, yeah. I think we need to get you one of those. So you stop banging the microphone. Finger cuffs. Is the straight jacket on? <laughs> so, okay. Uh, but yeah, okay. Journalism uh, salaries are rock bottom low right now. Yeah. And, and yet, coincidentally, they all still live in Brooklyn. Oh, well, that's – I've done Clary tests on some of these people before. They got hubby money or parent money, no doubt. I mean, and they're – yeah, there's, there's no way they're making the money to support that. There has to be – even doing some basic financial auditing, they got to have outside money coming in. Yeah, I mean, people made fun of Sex in the City years ago because the main character was supposedly a freelance writer, but she lived in this nice apartment in Manhattan. Mm. Now I'm now I'm realizing that that's not that unrealistic. It's just they never showed her dad handing her the check. Right. Oh yeah. No, I I've seen that. Uh, not the, not to keep going back to the banking, but you see so much of the behind the scenes looking at people's tax returns and their balance sheets, especially from year to year, mm. and you can you can recreate exactly what happened and you know and and we're talking we're not even talking college students or 20 somethings that live in new york we're talking presumed established 40 and 50 something successful quote businessmen i can only imagine um the amount of subsidy and, and parasitism they need in order just to float over in brooklyn oh yeah and the thing is i don't want to get in on this 
how do I get like someone else to, to finance my lifestyle? I mean, well, you, 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 you picked the wrong parents, John, and then you didn't get a rich husband. Ah, damn. <laughs> but the, the, what, the funny thing about it is someday that mommy and daddy money is going to run out. And by using mommy and daddy money to float their careers and keeping wages down because they'll work for nothing or little, they fucking ruin the industry. Yeah. And that industry is the only place where they know how to work. And the minute mom and dad quit paying the bills, they're fucked. And it's hilarious. Well, and they're, they're doubly fucked when John comes to repossess their journalism degrees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That'd just be great. No, but it, it, I did read that a long time ago about how like n- none of these people in journalism make any money. I I can't remember the guy's name, but he married the chick that that claimed that Trump uh, Trump's uh, uh, campaign manager assaulted her, like grabbed her hand or something. You remember oh, that yeah. big yep. that big yep. thing? Well, from what I understand, this guy actually was such a shitty writer journalist that he was actually paying people to publish his shit. Jesus! Wow. Well, back, back in the early aughts when I was working at the Chicago Reader, I was a, I had come out of a career washing dishes and waiting tables. So they paid us $9 an hour to do basically a professional job. And what you got were people like me who were used to like living on nothing and people whose parents had bought them an apartment, like, which was, believe me, an uneasy mix. I remember going to business college and it was the same thing. Like here I am busting my ass off showing up half the time I had to take off my uniform. So I'm like in SWAT pants and with a t-shirt on and these girls with their fucking prissy bags and they're all gussied up, which I guess compared to today is a, is an improvement. I guess I shouldn't complain about that uh, because now women show up with shaved heads and nose piercings and their pajamas. But um, they were like, you know, just to go to a nightclub and I'm just looking at them and I'm like, I don't know much about bags. But I bet you that bag would feed me for like four months. <laughs> I had your fucking bag. That would be enough bagels and ham sandwiches to put fuel me for four months. Pretty much. Now, you're, yeah. you're talking about when you were in college, right? I mean, everything yeah. was measured in how many pizzas, um, if I remember my college days. Um, so, yeah, that would be a fortune. Like, so, uh, what, like moving would cost you four pizzas? Like, hey, help me move, that'd be four pizzas? <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. Pizza yeah. was a big thing, you know. What, what if uh, someone, like, you had to do somebody's paper, like a five-page paper, how many pizzas would that be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not to ask Anna that, is, uh, you know. See, I should have tapped into that. I should have, I man, I was good at school, and I should have been, I should have been uh, trying to make, turn that into a business, man. Oh, yeah, I wish I'd known this existed 20 years ago. No. Well, I kind of feel bad for you there, DT, because I remember back when you had a podcast that was really great, you and the yeah. man were talking, and um, you had this very heartfelt segment where you were pissed, and you had every right to be where you did what you were told, you got yeah. the good grades, you busted your ass off, you did all this shit, and then, you know, as per everybody else's experience in the 90s, world basically took a shed on you, none of it play- paid off, none of no. it was real. And you, you know, you can't get it back. You can't get that no, time. You back. can't, you can't. And that's why this podcast exists, right? We're supposed to be giving our wisdom to the, the younger masses, the millennials that we make well, fun of, but we're trying to help. Well, I'm not, I'm not paying. One of the things, cause Aaron had sent me a, a tweet beforehand, like possible topics to discuss. And one of the things that um, I was thinking about, you know, cause this is the older brother kind of thing is apparently this this incel thing is actually like a real problem like the, the, apparently this is a shitload of people yeah 
You got I didn't a, even know like I a, meant at first. <laughs> like, an, what did you got an estimate on the population of them or something or what? No, but I found uh, was it yesterday or the day before? They have their own website, like that, like forum slash website, whatever, and has apparently is a huge amount of traffic. Really, they used, to, they used to have their own subreddit, but it was um, banned or whatever, or shut down because of it was too misogynistic or something. I don't know what the exact reason they gave. Um, so these, you know, there's, there's all these people apparently, and, um, it, you know, it, it's becoming like this real problem where they're, these guys are black pilled in the extreme to the point yeah. where they're so nihilistic and depressed that they're, I mean, they make, they, shoot ants, people. they make right, ants exactly. seem like a happy person. I mean, I'm talking <laughs> really bad. Well, I was thinking about this and I'm guessing what with between like, the fact that they have to ask permission 20 different ways before they yeah. touch a girl's hand or they'll be sued for sexual harassment. Like it's really hard for guys to like overtly hit on anybody. And when I think about when I was a young girl, you had to like pretty much pick me up and throw me on a bed for me to understand that you were hitting on me. Like when I, when I think back to like all the guys that I actually liked who I now realize were trying to get my attention, but I just didn't realize it because I just assumed they wouldn't be interested or I was socially retarded or whatever. I mean, and now girls are even more socially retarded. So between the fact that the guys aren't allowed to do anything overt and the girls are totally oblivious to everything that's not overt, I'm surprised any, anyone is not an incel. Well, I, I can't, because I, I have a little bit of history uh, with the genesis of these incels, and it goes back to MGTOW because that's where it came yep. from. Yep. And not to bore everybody who's heard the story before, but I guess it's new because someone paid me to do a video on a, a pastor, John Fox, who runs Viking Preparedness. DT, you'd like that that way, vikingpreparedness.com. All right. Um, so he's this older cool. – yeah, he's this older gentleman. He's a pastor, and he's all about survival and everything. And him and his wife just discovered MGTOW. And he was, like, shocked and appalled. Like, how can men be like this, the pussies, and, you know, da-da-da, and you should man up and, and everything else. And he seen masculine men in his small rural town, and he doesn't understand. And um, But the, originally, and I, the video I had to put together was, you know, basically a recap of MGTOW. Okay, back in the day – the likes of me, John, uh, DT, you got married early. I think you were, you, you oh, dodged I tons of I was 26. I didn't get, that's not early. Well, but I you, 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 well, maybe you didn't go unscathed, but I think before 26, you probably had dated a ton of pain in the ass. No, no, I, I was a complete loser in high school. So, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> to, to be short, but kind, cause it doesn't do it justice. It sucked. Dating and courtship sucked. From the 80s on, it just sucked. It was a pain in the ass. And it was bad enough, especially if you throw in divorce, a lot of guys said, forget it. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Uh, I don't care about bipolar. It's unacceptable behavior. I got divorced. I got raped in a divorce court shot, whatever. And then men went their own way. But these were guys that had done it. They had been there. And then they said they they could then therefore judge, is this worth it or not? No, I'm going to go and move on and and do whatever it is that they want to do. Well, right on the tail of that, because this is the internet age, in comes the millennials and now the Gen Zers. And instead of saying, wow, okay, these guys went through this trial and tribulation through this galvanizing fire and they went down this path. 
I'm just going to pass the galvanizing fire and the hard part in the gym and asking girls out and working out and being intellectually honest to just say, yeah, women suck. Fuck that, man. I'm MGTOW. And then from that even came a more viral. It's kind of like DT, you know, the, the history on this, who came first, venom or carnage? Venom. All right. So it's like, okay. So you got spider and then you get venom and venom's pretty bad. Then you get carnage and that's the TFL or so you get these incels yep. and TFL. far. <clears throat> right, and they, they just they're rank misogynists. You really gotta. I'll give. I'll grant a lot of leeway for people because of the freedom of speech. And most people, I don't think, in their hearts, really hate someone because of the color of their skin or because of their plumbing. But these guys hate women. And when you look at them, if you ever see a picture of them, they're fat. They're losers. They got beady eyes. They've never worked out. Their dad ain't around. And oh my gosh, surprise, surprise! They're accounting for most of these guys who go out and mow down schools and go get cars right. and, and mow down people. And so right. now, uh, John, what's concerning me is you got figures that what these guys are now starting to like. It doesn't take a lot. It just, I mean, how many school shootings were uh, perpetrated by a guy who, who didn't have a father and hates women? Well, the, ch- the challenge is, is that so now that they, they've all kind of collectivized, like they have like a, a you know, a online meat space and they, they kind of feed on each other. Like it becomes like, you know, a spiral, you know yep. what I mean? And uh, and then there's like, you know, stories in the news, like the I think the one that kind of started like this the way I found out about it. I mean, I had heard the term before. I knew what it meant, but I didn't realize it was a community. I thought it was just something, uh, an insult. You said an, an excuse, if anything. But, well, derogatory thing you'd say to someone like you fucking right. incel, you know. I didn't so know. Should we say that incel is involuntarily celibate? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, I suppose for, for anyone ago. new listening, yeah, incel is yeah. abbreviation for involuntarily celibate, which means chicks just aren't lining up to suck my dick. And it's like, oh, you'd like to have sex, but no girls will have sex with you. It's like, well, how much do you, you want to hit the gym or what? And it's basically when you look at them. You're you're talking basement dwellers, just these. Well, yeah, but in, in in fairness, so like there are look, there's there's um well, you know about the eighty twenty rule, um yeah. Well, like see, I think it's different now. Like when I was in my twenties, um there there was lots of pussy, man. I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it, but I mean, I you know in my I'm not like bragging or anything, but, but I mean I got laid a lot in my twenties, um. I, I, you know, it was, it was just there, man. I mean, it was just pretty much every weekend I went out. I mean, maybe I didn't get laid every weekend, but I mean, I was always like got numbers and dates out of it and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. You'd have progress. There'd be some nibbles on that line there. Yeah. I mean, so it was never like, I never had that, you know, that experience of like, you know, being invisible to women, but now I'm not sure like what it is with the demographics or maybe it's, it's because, um, I heard these different theories. Like a lot of women won't even like, they're not interested in, um, Dating? They, they get all their validation. They don't even need sex. They get all their validation right. from social media, like yeah. uh, their what do you, these different uh, Facebook, Facebook or whatever. Things. All right, yeah. the, yeah, other wow. ones, the likes, yeah, and yeah, the likes and all that kind of stuff. And and they all they so they they don't even have to fuck as much. So like back in my day, um, you know, when dinosaurs roamed the earth in the nineties, when I was doing my thing, um, they didn't have all that. So they needed. You know, with the women, single women crave male attention and affection yeah. and all that. And they had, we made them fucking dance for, We're like, dance, monkey, dance, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like, <laughs> suck my dick and you better be better than the chick that did it last Friday. Um, and now that it's not like that because you got some chick with a webcam and she can set it up and she'll have like all these thirsty men literally from around the world, anywhere with any net connection, right. sending her shekels. Am I the only female on earth who still likes having sex with men? 
<laughs> I don't know. You're asking the absolute worst group of people that question right now. Because one of us is qualified to answer that. Because yeah, like getting all kinds of likes on Facebook is great, but in theory, that shouldn't satisfy all your needs, right? Well, well I don't no, know what you know, that satisfies yeah. satisfies at all. I mean, it's not even real. It's it's. Right, but what but what you're saying is like they they get all these likes on Facebook, so they don't need to interact with men in real life. Right. Well, they, they they don't. Yeah, like they don't. They're getting their psychological validation. Like women don't. You know, most women don't get me wrong. I mean, I've met some you know real freaking nympho. I mean, I've dated chicks that like sex more than me. If you can believe that, and I'm a complete degenerate. But um, <laughs> majority of women don't crave sex the way men do. They like they get other things out of it. Right. What? Well, and it could be that. Now that's a surrogate for attention. Or not uh, we went into a hurricane. What's going on? Who's, who's blowing into the mic? Anne, I'm just going to assume you. It's not me this time. Uh, right. That might have that been me. I just walked by my fan. I had my headset on. God almighty. What is this? The rookie. That's the one thing. Like I was like, okay, I got to do this right. Got to get a website. And there's going to be no people crying and nobody farting into their microphones. And nobody having sex in the kitchen while Anne's doing dishes. Oh, fuck no. We're gonna... Sorry about that. I walked by the fan and it must have blown into the bike. Sorry. We're all anyway. geriatric to understand how the technology I, works. It's not. I have no preferential outcome. I prefer the outcome be no one get mass murdered. That'd be the preferential outcome. Um, I'm just trying to figure out. I guess. Well, the how allocation. do we help these? How do we help people? I mean, my thing was uh, there was a um, somebody put up a Facebook post one time and said, if you only had like five words to say to yourself when you were a young person, what would you say? And the best answer that I saw on the thread was they're all hot. And I thought that was genius because, because when I was young, it was like you got tunnel vision on a certain chick, you know, she's the one or whatever, and you didn't notice everybody else around. And, and from, from my perspective now, yeah, when women are young, they're all hot, pretty much. I mean, they're yeah, all you're not out of shape. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, and so I think that's, that if you can shift that perspective, at least that would have helped me when I was young. Like, like just, you know, be friends with people. Just, you know, don't expect, set your expectations really low. Just go out, have fun. Be friends I'll let your with wife people. know you said that. I'll let your wife know you said that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? I mean we're, we're trying to help people and it seems like it, it's like everybody thinks that this is, it's just a dry barren wasteland out there. And I, I think you're right, Aaron, in that they use it as an excuse to not even try. And at least when I was young, if I had known, man, it, all the women are hot when you're young, you know, you, you know, just be friends, see if something happens. Don't worry about it. This isn't this isn't like a a job or it isn't like a life goal or it's not nothing like that. It's not like you're you know going to school and getting your degree and all that kind of stuff. You're not trying to find somebody for life. Just, just have a fun time. I think that would help people. Everybody looks at it so seriously, and it doesn't need to be. Well, but see, that's why I was trying to figure out how to allocate responsibility or blame and to, to more accurately assess what the cause of the problem is. And alluding to what John was pointing out before is that may have worked in the 90s. Right, exactly. Yeah. But if these girls are so uh, consumed by social media that they're no longer going. To, I mean, I, I don't think, I think nightclubs are closing because people don't go out anymore, which, which I'm fine with, 
but there's not that many meetup groups I'd imagine. And if these girls, let's just say they even retract 50%, like 50% of them get their attention fix on the internet and they're not out there looking for a guy. Well, that's a huge percentage. And that's going to lead to a lot of um, sexually frustrated guys who yeah. don't give a shit about likes or this or that on the internet and want to meet out in meet space for obvious reasons. But then I'm, the same- I'm totally for do not like selfies. There should be a ba- any self-respecting man should never like some oh, shit selfie. Yeah. It should never comment. You're you're so hot and all that bullshit. I mean, oh, that needs to stop right now. And that I, should be a rule. I didn't really believe it because um, the way I use social media is to like, OK, push this up, push this up. We got to do this. We got to do that. And then I'll be at the gym. I'll be bored and I'll be looking through it. And I've actually looked through some comments of some attractive females that I know I got on the Facebook and it's not a joke. Like you read on it on Roosh V or, you know, you read about it and you hear about it. And it's like, Oh yeah, that, that's, that happens in North Korea. That doesn't happen here. And then I go and I look, I'm like, Holy shit. You know, I, I, the best picture I post is like, maybe I'll get a picture of my niece and everybody loves it. But all that it takes is one cute chick to post one cute picture. Yep. Oh, hundreds, hundreds of likes, likes. Hundreds, yeah, hundreds of thousands, likes. whatever. Yeah. Well, it's funny, like I, I did uh, online dating for a while and, you know, I was one, one of the ways I was really good at it where I'd always get a response, not always, but like get tremendous response was what I used to do is I'd t- there'd be a picture, the girls would post different pictures and I'd find something about the picture to like say, you know, not insulting, but kind of like, you know, uh, like for example, there was this one girl one time she had a picture, she took herself like on a cruise line or something and I kind of said like, what the fuck? I didn't say fuck, but you know, what the hell is up with your hair? It's all over this place in this pic. And, you know, you phrase it as a question. So um, they're, they kind of feel like obligated then to like answer like, Oh, well, what happened was that day I was supposed to get my hair done, but it was, it was canceled. And then this, and and then they're justifying themselves to you. Right. And uh, I, you know, instead of saying, instead of like, Oh, that you look so hot in that picture by the sunset on the boat, you know, they're going to like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But, you know, basically, so if I had to go back to myself, like, when I was 16, I would say, treat them all like shit. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I, I got to honestly say it. The word, I mean, I don't mean, like, like, like hate them, like the the Truman, the, what's the guy who played Truman Capote, the actor you were just talking about, Aaron. I don't mean, like, the Mission Impossible guy to be, like, you know, ha- you know hate them, but. Hating or loathing, right. I mean, just, just don't treat women well. They don't respond. I mean, not because, not because. Just How about honestly? Yeah, you're being honest there. What the you hell's know? up with your hair? I mean, it's like the the whole uh, back to the, our conversation about ripping on each other. Maybe that's the way. Maybe, you know, it's, yeah. it seems like. Well, what's the game or the gaming term, right? Or the I'm not a well, player or anything neg- like that. It's called negging, right? Yeah. You, you you neg, and it's supposed to get a response or whatever. But what what it boils down to to <clears throat> simplify it so people understand because I I I have a lot of reservations and criticism about pickup artistry and it's nagging and it's this what it is is simple economics not to always relate things back to economics but it explains most things if you have rare behavior that's going to stand out right if you're kissing the woman's ass oh my god you're beautiful you're lovely they get that that's that's blades of grass blades of grass and she can walk and get a hundred more uh, but if but you it still come in, feeds their ego, and it yeah. feeds their right, but so they're not going to turn it down. I mean, yeah, you right. could sing my praises all day. I won't turn off the channel. Um, but if, as John pointed out, if you criticize, uh, if 
if if and it's you don't want to be mean, obviously, you don't want to be evil, but you're aloof, you're constructively criticism, you don't immediately worship, you pick on them a little bit. That stands out, and I hate to say it, even abuse. I mean, you look at a lot of these gals. I mean, uh, I saw this many times in Wisconsin and Wyoming. You'd have some drop dead gorgeous girls going out with guys who just would rank and beat them. And why? Because they weren't kissing their asses. And I guess that was that's what made them stood out. Um, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But I can't deny that's what happened. And the yeah. best my brain could take me to is that it was rare behavior, which Im- immediately confers value relative to common behavior. Yeah, maybe. But that's the big uh, criticism of the incels, right? Is you know, it's the whole nice guy finish, nice guys finish last. Uh, well, cliche, another, that's the truth. Yeah. Another thing about the, the insult thing is I was just, and I'm kind of new to this, right? Because up until a few days ago, I just thought it was, I thought it was just a derogatory comment. I didn't realize there was people who go around calling themselves this yeah. as, and like self-identifying and embracing it. Um, but some of these people are like, look, going to the gym is not going to help these fucking guys at all. They got bigger problems than that. Mm-hmm. So they could, they could live in the fucking gym. It's not going to help. They could, you yeah. know, they could hire a stylist and become a fucking personal trainer. They're still not getting any pussy. That's just the reality that, you know, I mean, to some extent, life is a lottery. You know, you got some people who win and you got some people who lose. And there's going to, you know, you use the one to 10 scale. There's some people that are a genetic fucking two. And women, just by their hypergamous nature, um, they're never going to, you know, if a girl is a two, she's going to want a three or better. I guess if, if I had any constructive constructive advice to give, as I was saying before, I when I was that age, I just did not realize that guys were hitting on me unless they were obvious. So I would advise young guys to just not assume that women can tell what they're trying to do. And, you know, you have to figure out how not to be creepy about it, but you have to be direct and straightforward and I understand it's a big risk to be direct and straight. Right. So what is the – got to realize we're, we're at the current year here, so <laughs> that advice could be dangerous. Somebody get in trouble following that advice. Well, that's, that's true. true. I mean, well, Anne, Ann, this will help our audience. Okay, be direct and obvious. What is the appropriate and polite way to dangle one's penis in front of a woman you just met? I mean, <laughs> do you whip it out for five minutes, ten minutes? Give us, Give us some guidelines here. <laughs> I, I think just a simple, I really like you. How would you like to go get coffee tomorrow or go get a drink tomorrow night? Like you're, 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 you're not saying anything creepy, but you're sending a clear signal that you're interested in the person. And then you're making, as in the, as they say in advertising, a call to action that they have to respond to. So you're telling them not like, I really lust for you. Or you're the most beautiful girl in the world. Cause like you said, that's blades of grass, but just to be direct, and straightforward and say, you know, I really like you. Like you, I would like to get to know you. Maybe as more of a friend, or maybe you don't need to be that elaborate, but something along those lines. And then, do you want to go get a drink? Do you want to go get a cup of coffee? And for girls, I would advise them, based on my experience and on Aaron's observation about how so many women wound up with men who beat them, you need to pound it in your own head if you're a young woman that nice is not boring. Yeah. Well, you got to give nice a try to get to know one. That's that's the yeah. Like like guys who aren't nice might seem interesting on the surface, but guys who are nice, like they've got a lot more going on, and you 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 just have to suspend like all the all the movies you've seen where the the exciting bad boy is the, is, is is the guy that the heroine goes for. Like that's that's the guy who's going to 
kick the shit out of you, even if he seems exciting at first. I, I would like to, I mean, we could, we could give dating advice to younger people and, and uh, yes, this is kind of to help out younger people. Uh, but honestly, it's just, I thought it'd be a great place for old pissed off Gen Xers to get <laughs> together and ramble and rant. And then, and, and I'm being serious, the, the nature of advice, people don't listen to advice. They just don't. Um, yeah. even if, if it is wise. And so I, uh, now thankfully my audience was a little bit more receptive. Um, and so, uh, and, and on top of, it, I think they're a little bit more educated on, they don't need dating one oh one. but when it comes to helping out these incels, I don't think they're, they're helpable. I think because in order to date the opposite sex, the very, at the very least, you must acknowledge that they want certain things from you. And first and foremost, in both cases, male or female is a certain amount of physical beauty. And these guys, and trust you me, I know these guys like the back of my hand, they don't want to put the effort into being a good-looking man. They want to, they'd rather sit and breed and stew and have the religion. They go for it. Just like the, the degrees we're going to go repossess in Degree Repossession Incorporated, those people didn't want to put forth the effort into a real degree. These incels and TFLers don't want to put the effort in becoming a real man that would then allow you to go and approach a girl intellectually, honestly say, would you like to go out? They prefer to sit and stew and have this religion as a supplement or a substitute for actual female interaction. Um, and I think being forthright and upfront about that and, and calling them out on that and slapping them across the face and mocking them for it, that's going to stand a higher chance of jarring them from this brainwashing and this, this, this delusion they have than trying to like, well, be nice. Because they've heard that before. They've heard that all before from their moms, from their friends, from their female friends. Um, this is assuming any of them had the courage to ask a girl out in the first place. Um, but, I mean, just to, just to be very clear about the nature of, of help that I wish to give to, hey, any kids listening, here's the deal. Listen to us because we know what the fuck we're talking about. And you're going to say, oh, no, I know better. Go ahead. Go run off and do your thing. But, you're, you know, we don't talk about million dollars worth of student loan debt and people getting falsely accused of rape and 50% divorce ratios uh, for shits and giggles. That's the real world. And if you wish yeah. to avoid that, you know, please heed what, what us old farts are saying. Well, isn't is it? how about this piece of advice? I think a lot of young people, uh, especially the cliche that women mature faster than men, right? That oh, women man. are mature earlier than men. Women are just as fucked up as you are. How about that? Incels yeah. out there? When the women are just as fucked up as you are. So maybe have a little bit of compassion, maybe have a little bit of understanding and approach it that way. That as fucked up as I am, they're just as fucked up. And, that's if, and if, that's the, if that's like a, a starting point, maybe we'd all treat each other a little better. <laughs> would, the, the question I have, Aaron, about what you were saying about these people, you know, using an excuse and stuff like that. I'm, I'm sure I, because yeah, I, I know I met people like that too. They're just, they're beyond help, you know? Right. Know what to do? They just don't fucking do it, and we and we've known these people in lots of different areas of the life, you know, with even if it's career or whatever. But what what is it? What is it about now? Where because like you know, going back to the nineties, you know, when I was doing my thing, why, why we didn't have people like mowing people down in cars because they can't get freaking laid. You didn't right. have that. What what's that? What's the difference now? Then I mean, I'm sincerely curious. I, I'd say poorer parenting. If you can imagine, there's poorer parenting than baby boomers, but there absolutely is. I think the younger boomers, the parenting has just been going downhill constantly. I had hope back in like the eighties when my folks got divorced and I lived, you know, through the eighties as a kid, I'm like, there's no way my generation is going to do this. Cause I knew a bunch of other kids that, whose parents were divorced, you know, it was, it was roughly half. Yeah, My parents, same thing. Right. So I'm thinking like, there's no way we're going to learn from this. And 
No, we just doubled down, and now we threw out spanking, which I know there's some Molyneux acolytes that kind of would disagree with that. Um, people are doing timeouts. There's, they don't want to do the hard part of parenting. And so whether you are a younger baby boomer or an older Gen X are now giving birth to these kids who are now the incels and all that, um, th- that is the, it especially, especially if you want to talk about the, the core of it, a lack of a father, whether he's absent and it's a single mother raising the family or the father's present and he's just a pussy. He's one of these sensitive 90s pussies because, remember, that's what they wanted. They told us that's what they wanted, and now these guys have done it. Um, that is where you have just an absolute absence, a total absence of masculinity and a male role model and any male training going into these young boys, now young men. And that's where I think that, that these, these incels are coming from. Um, I read it. There was an article where somebody put forth the the um, theory that that all of these killings could, uh, if you think about about it as a riot, as a mob mentality, it makes more sense. Where one builds upon the other, builds upon the other, builds upon the other. You know, in a, in a riot, somebody the first guy decides to you know throw a rock or whatever, and before you know it, you've got people who would have never considered doing any anything even close to rioting joining in the fray because it's this whole human psychology of, of mob mentality. And, and this guy that was putting forth this theory was, was, was that Columbine kind of set the stage, set the, um, I don't know if it's not cliche, but metaphor, um, uh, archetype, whatever you want to call it of the trench coat coming in, you know, and blowing away people that have, that have upset him and felt, you know, in, that he felt disrespected by, or, you know, whatever. And, and it, and, and thinking of it in those terms that these people aren't just crazy, but it's like this mob mentality is a really frightening idea and somehow we need to break it. And actually, actually that, you know, the whole, this whole school shooting thing um, didn't, didn't start with Columbine. If you watch a, a, a movie called basketball diaries, have, has anybody seen that? Yeah. I've uh, actually the guy who wrote that book, the original book, uh, James Carroll, grew up in my neighborhood. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But there's a whole scene with Leo DiCaprio in there where he wears a trench coat and he comes into the class and he blows people away with a shotgun. But that's actually not the first uh, the the first instance of this whole kind of archetype allegory, whatever you want to call it. This thing that these losers are kind of tapping into to feel powerful. Uh, there's a short story by Stephen King writing as Richard Bachman called Rage. And I read that when I was a kid, and and it kind of portrays this this kid taking over his class at the point of a gun and killing a few people as sort of a heroic story. And Stephen King no longer allows it to be published. I think there was one of the early um, school shootings. The guy had the book in his pocket, and so it it is this sort of um, I don't know. It's sort of a, a a fantasy, a wish fulfillment. A you're putting yourself in into this role. And I hope we can break it because it's it's it, it's getting a you're little not, out of control. No, you're not you're not going to break it because the die has already been cast. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I respect you and Mrs. DT because I love Bert and Ernie, your kids, because um, <laughs> you raised them, you spent time with them. But for every one of you, there's at least ten assholes out there who didn't right. raise their kids right. Um, and I, I haven't gone to the schools or anything like that, <clears throat> but if, if David Hogg and those misfits are anything uh, to gauge by, plus I've seen other anecdotal evidence where I see the kids being raised, the, the majority, the die has been cast. 
the die's being cast on this one. The only thing that may stop it is discussion forums and community forums on the internet where, uh, or I hate to even say it, places like this, Older Brother Podcasts, the likes of Rolo Tomasi, Chateau Hartis, the Red Pill community says, look, here's how it happens in the real world. Right. And then you go through the stages of grief. You have Red Pill rage. And you say, okay, and now you're going to get angry, but at least now you have been lied to. It's telling these kids the truth over the internet, not from their parents or their older brothers or the teachers or guns, because these people don't have, well, I, I don't believe they even have the incentive. I think most, most parents just are too damn lazy to actually raise their kids. They don't actually love their kids. They just wanted to have kids. But once they get to the, the internet, they think the internet is about the only thing that's going to stop them. Uh, so in, in kind of a, what started it may stop it is you get a sane voice in there. You get a more mature voice in one of these incel or TFL community boards. I think this is where, like, say, a guy like Sandman, I don't know if you guys ever watch his videos, but he's within the MGTOW community. You get some of these more anchored reason voices, a little bit older, and they say, look, uh, you have every right to be pissed off. Yes, it's unfair, but the solution is not to go and start gunning people down. And that's why I wanted to start calling out bullshit on these what I call virgin towels, which end up becoming incels and TFLers. And saying, look, you're fit. You're lying to yourself. You're, you're lying to you're, you're not. And you're going to be miserable. You can hate my all you want. You can say I'm a traitor to cause. It doesn't change the fact that you are going down a path that has no solution, has no happiness and does not have an end. The only end is like, OK, maybe you commit suicide after shooting a bunch of people. Why would you do that? Why don't you go and take a look at your life? Why don't you you acknowledge that this is reality? This is how the, the rules of the real world work. Yeah, it's not fun, but at least now you know the rules and you're not some kid wandering around with hormones raging at 15 with nobody telling you jack fuck all shit and you're just getting shot down by girls or rejected or you're not that popular. Um, that, that, that's over. That's done now. Now you're an adult. Now, you, now you're on your discussion forum and now you can actually change. Your, so I think um, these incel forums, while they may be just a, what are they called? A, a wine party or a, an a outlet self- of yeah, outlet or a, a pity party. Um, I think that's also where the solution is going to come from. You don't look cool in your trench coat. You don't, <laughs> you don't look cool in your trench coat. You don't look cool. You don't look tough. Nope. You don't look badass. That's this thing about looking badass. I, I sort. I, it's like really. I mean, you're not. You're not a comic book character. You're, <laughs> you're not. In, you're, you're not uh, Neo. You're not uh, John Wick. You're not these guys. You're not that. You're not. You're not. You're a fat guy or a skinny kid in a fucking trench coat, and you're not going to be cool. And these Columbine kids, they weren't fucking cool. They're pieces of shit. And do they- and do you want to be a piece of shit, or do you want to, you know, make something of yourself? I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Did they die? The Columbine kids, yeah, yeah, I think they, so. Yeah. They get yeah, shot they, by they, the uh, cops. They should yeah, they wait, kill themselves. Yeah. They killed themselves. Good lord. Yeah. Because, I mean, what, the Aurora shooter, he's still alive. The guy that shot up the Denver Theater, or Aurora Theater. Um, is Elliot Rogers still alive? I don't remember these no, names. No, he, he, he uh, died, too. He, he died, died, too. Yeah, and, and I don't... But, the, the other re- but there was the guy in Florida. He lived, right? They, like, even the cops didn't kill him, right? Oh, he was, yeah, he was too chicken to shoot himself. Yeah, he was, he was a true fucking pussy. But most yeah, of these bastards, they die, the people, right? The people what, what? who shoot themselves, at least they have the, you know, the honor to, to uh, you know, take their own life and spare the state the expense of the trial. Mm-hmm. Well, but the good news on that is maybe they'll talk to this guy, and instead of having a bunch of 
32-year-old uh, uh, women who just got their psychology degree in bullshit, and they're like, well, tell us about what, you know, according to Freudian theory, he doesn't like his mother. I mean, maybe they'll ask the guy, say, why'd you do this? They'll say, I wasn't getting laid. Yeah, I mean, it, th what's interesting is the incel term has now made it to mainstream media. I was going to yeah, write an article. Yeah. yeah, I was going to write an article about this called The Speed of Jordan Peterson. Uh, and the reason I'm picking on Jordan, I like Jordan Peterson, but I always, the, the one criticism I have of Jordan Peterson is he's late to the game, uh, which is what I have a, a criticism of all the mainstream media and all these, quote, thought leaders. It's like you are 10 years too late. And the fact that incel has finally made it to the mainstream media means now you, okay, you can mock them, you can ridicule them. Uh, you could pick on them and you can dismiss them, but at least you're aware of them. And now you're curious. And now you might actually go and delve into this world that we've known for a decade. Right. And you might actually be able to say, hey, wait a minute. Their fathers aren't around. You mean you mean a government check just won't do? We need an actual dad around? And then you might actually get to the genesis of this problem and stop these shootings. Yeah, but Aaron, this goes back to an article that you read, uh, you wrote rather, that I read of yours, what you were talking about. It was it was the one, I don't know if you remember writing it, where you were, you were uh, talking about how you were driving through Philadelphia, you know, through the shit part of town. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And um, you came to this kind of epiphany. You said, you know, what if... Hillary Clinton, the Dems, and oh, what if these people know that cutting government checks and you know all the social welfare programs and, and stuff like that isn't going to help? But what if they what if that's they know this isn't going to help and that they know it perpetually creates this kind of environment? You know, you look at all these fucked up cities; they're all Democrat, right? You know, Detroit, right. and Philly, and whatever. Now, these people in power, do you do you really think they're really that dumb? No, I mean they're they're not complete morons i mean hillary clinton she went to i don't know what she radcliffe or something like that i mean she's got yeah, an she's iq yeah. no, at, no least, at least 100 they know this stuff is this doesn't work they know that so these people like you said about the insult thing what's going to get people talking they know the reason that you know they know that you know boys that are raised fatherless are permanently fucked up to some degree um but they're never going to say that because that would mean that, you know, you'd have to put some of the onus on these single mothers. They're not going to do that. So I don't think that's going to help. Well, yeah. I also I also have a, a it's not sneaky suspicion. It's almost a confirmation. And I've kicked around doing some research into it. Um, I'm really starting to loathe the psychology profession and how they uh, they they would stand horribly to lose if fathers started to make a comeback and the nuclear family started to make a comeback. And instead of replacing fathers with the government, because they need all these mental problems. They need ADHD. They need Asperger's. They need autism real or faked. They need fathers absent because if fathers were, I've said it before, you want to end pretty much 98% of the cases of mental illness in, in kids have the father around. And so I think there's, there's a, a huge incentive on the part of the psychology profession, as well as pharmaceuticals, certainly politicians, Democrat politicians, not to really have the true cause of school shootings or mass murders identified because it would inevitably lead to policies that would cut the government funding. Exactly. So that not only that they're not going to face the truth, they're going to purposely, purposely try to obscure it. Heck, they're going to say they need more money. See, we didn't spend enough. We need more so, money. So you're for saying Baltimore. we've got it so good that we invent problems so people can make money and be employed. 
Oh, yeah. I think I never ascribe to sneakiness what can be explained through being a social lemming. They might not actually have articulated it that mentally to that point. They might just be going along with ideas because everyone in their profession also has those ideas. The yes men. Yeah. A lot of people like, like, like for example, but I think like the, the, the leaders of these groups, like someone who is a psychologist and they've been, you know, like they're an academic and they've been around forever. They've seen all the literature now that's out there that, you know, shows these things about, uh, people who are raised with fathers versus without. I mean, I mean, the statistics are staggering. The difference is that that one simple difference can make in a, in a person's life is just unbelievably. I mean, it's, it's so in your face. So those people know it. Now there's some poor, you know, guy or girl that starts, you know, getting her deciding to get her master's degree in psychology because she wants to help people. Um, Yeah. Maybe they don't know and they're not sneaky about it and stuff like that. But the people in academia, fuck yeah, they know. Oh yeah. But but, but people who know things still don't act on them. Like the, the Harvey Weinstein thing is a perfect example. Everyone in Hollywood is always like they're, they're publicly for women's rights. And if you aren't for killing babies before they're even conceived, then you hate women. And if you don't believe this, you hate women. If you don't believe that, you hate women. Well, everybody knew that Harvey Weinstein went to con every year and raped people. Everybody knew it. Well, first off, I don't believe Harvey Weinstein, quote unquote, raped anyone by my definition of it. First off, that fat fuck couldn't catch any of these skinny bitches. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? They all knew that that culture was there. Like, yeah, they knew right. he was a creep, but it's not rape when he says, listen, you want a career, suck my dick and don't get disgusted by my fat rolls. <laughs> basically, they did. And now they're bitching about it because they're older and no one wants to fuck him anymore. And, you know, they can't get a role even if they do suck his dick. That's basically what I see. It. I mean, there's no way this. Yeah, this- yeah, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong about that, but I'm saying like publicly they would never approve this behavior. They would tear down anyone outside of their profession who displayed such behavior, but they all knew that this was going on and didn't say anything about it because it's a group environment where everybody has to follow what the most powerful person says and does. So the group basically is all for feminism. So everyone has to say they're for feminism. Meanwhile, they all know that someone who could end their career is, you know, sliming starlets into bed with him and they don't say anything because they also lose their career for that. They would lose their career for not like giving lip service to women's rights, but they would also lose their career for tattling on this guy. So they, they know both things. Like they know he's doing this. They know that maybe they know that feminist ideology is kind of screwed up, but they, they keep both of these compartments separate in their mind because they need to do so because that's what their social in-group is doing. Yeah, you're, you're saying the easy path that, that people follow the, you know, Water runs downhill. Yeah. You know, shit rolls downhill. I think what you're saying, Ann, is that, if I'm understanding you right, is, is is that they are just doing it because it's easy and they know what, you know, who's buttering their bread. Yeah, and they're afraid, they'll, they're afraid that if they don't go along with the group, they'll lose their career. So they may very well know that that not having a man in the house, like even the, even the beginning psychology students may very well know that, but they're afraid to say anything about it because then they won't get a job. Well, isn't it basically because that's the infrastructure that's been laid down? I mean, I look at, to draw a parallel, I've I've been on this kick pointing out how most of corporate America's marketing now is social and not social justice where it's virtue signaling. 
Yeah. And the, the reason they will throw, you know, hey, we got organic this and we got uh, free trade that and this and that. And, oh, we, we donate this and we're going to shut down our Starbucks. The reason they do that is because so much of an infrastructure has been laid down brainwashing young people to be leftists and environmentalists and feminists and anything else ending with an is. Um, kind of the when in Rome, when in Rome idea. Yeah. When yeah, in so Rome just, is the Romans do. Yeah. So I'm saying you can, you can explain hypocritical behavior because that's that's the system. This is the machine we have to work with. And even though I know this isn't the way it's supposed to go, we're gonna we're gonna just work with it this way and ignore that that hypocrisy. Right. So basically, the, the lesson, kids, is <laughs> Uncle John. Hang on, we'll have Uncle John's well, lesson. Saying. He'll be part of Older Brother Podcast. With <laughs> Uncle John's lesson. Oh, tell us the lesson, Uncle John. If you want to succeed in life, kids. You have to be completely amoral. There is no soul, so don't worry about losing yours. Do whatever it takes to get ahead. I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I'd say, I'd say, um, don't take things so seriously. That's what I would say. I would say, um, life is a joke. I mean, it, it it really is. And if you can find a way to laugh at it, you're going to be a lot happier. If you if you find and that's sort of, you're sort of saying amoral. I mean, if you're looking kind of nihilistically at things, yeah, life is all a joke. Um, so it's sort of saying the same thing, but I mean, you got to be able to sleep at night too. So you got to decide what you think is acceptable or not. Um, well, you don't even really have to worry about that now because we have alcohol and pills to take care of. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, about yeah. <laughs> NyQuil, you're pretty good to go. <laughs> so don't worry about not being able to sleep at night, whatever. You know, you're not gonna, there's, there's no like at the end, to, you know, there's no guy in the sky that's going to tally up all the good things and all the bad things you did in life. I mean, you're going to get to the pearly gates. You're going to say, did you have a blast or not? You know, did you have a good time? You know, yeah, fuck yeah. Then you can come in. If you had a bad time, no. You go down with the boring people. God, that is hell. Oh, all the English teachers in the world are down there. Oh, my God. That is so boring. We're going to read Catcher in the Rye. The fuck if we are. I hate people so much. It's like, it's like, why would I want to spend eternity with most of these people? I mean, that's sort of my, my, my whole idea of heaven. It's like, why would I want? I mean, I look at Christians or I look at whatever, and it's like, I don't want to spend the rest of eternity with these people. I want to find cool people. So yeah, just be true to who you are. And yeah, I mean, that, that sounds stupid and leftist or whatever, but it does sound quite right. Yeah, it does. It does. But, but I mean, when you've gone through the crucible and you've learned all your harsh lessons, you know who you are and you know what you think is right, what you think is wrong. There's certain things that, that um, you, you will think are, are, are the line that you don't cross and certain things that, oh, okay, that's, that's fine. Um, it, I hedge my bets. I, I've always, I've always said that I want to, when I die, I want to be able to look God in the eye and say, bring it motherfucker. That's what I want it. And, and there's nothing that I've done in this life that could be anything like the reality that he, that he's created. So, um, hold well, yourself you also- to your own standard, I guess is what I'm saying. You also, I, I, I would love to have re-permission to publish it here on the Older Brother podcast, but the story you told about the birth of your daughter. Yeah, yeah, we won't get you, into that. Do you have that? I mean, no, I'd love to have it because it puts a lot of things in perspective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, there's nothing that you can do to, to earn God's favor in this reality. So stop. I mean, if you're hoping, if you're hoping that God's going to have your back at some point, he's not. And so you, you have to have your own back and... Um, and it'll drive you insane if you if if you if you keep trying to do the right thing 
in hopes of some kind of reward in this life, you're just fooling yourself. Um, but if, if you live your life in such a way as to basically, yeah, basically be able to look God in the eye and say, bring it motherfucker. I dare you to judge me. I think that's a life well lived. So. Can you guys imagine being in Europe during the bubonic plague? Because everybody back there was super Catholic. Like Not everybody, but they, they were much more religious than people are now. They believed in God. They believed in this just God. They prayed. They thought things would get better if they prayed. And their friends just start dying and dying and dying and, and dying kids. and yeah. dying. And their kids. Yeah, their kids, their parents, their spouse. Just fucking dead bodies everywhere. And they're still praying. Can you imagine how crazy they went? Right. Yeah. It, it, it would drive you insane. Yeah. I think the five words would be you're on your own <laughs> or no one is coming. <laughs> well, no, that, that, that advice you just gave, no one is coming. Uh, I can't remember the name of the author, but he wrote uh, that book, The Pursuit of Happiness. They made it into a movie with Will Smith. Oh, I yeah. saw him in I saw him in an interview one time and they asked him, well, if you do have any you know sage advice, what would it be? And he says, no one is coming to the rescue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Well, and may may I brag a little bit, if you guys would permit me? Well, what nothing stopped you before. Okay, thank you. <laughs> it's worth bragging. And plus, we got to cut. I got to cover this stuff anyway. Um, I so I get that strike on the YouTube, right? Uh, and then I already kind of had plans for this older brother thing, but that prompted me, like, we got to do it. We got to do it now. And I knew no one's going to come help. Now, there's been other people who've gotten strikes, and I'm not going to mention who they are because they're multiple, but. There was whining and complaining. There was more whining and complaining. There was hemming and hawing. There was more whining and complaining. And then I think 45 days later and 90 days later, they inevitably set up another channel and, and so like and moved on. <clears throat> I had this channel up with the help of many listeners and followers. I had it up and approved for live streaming and under 24 hours of getting my first strike on my, on my original channel. And the rate things are going, I think I'll be qualified for monetization. I used to be, you just need a thousand subscribers. So I'm like, yeah, I did it in 24 hours. Like, nah, it's got to be 4,000 listening hours. So I'm already about a fifth of the way there. And then also for customizable URLs, you need 30 days. You need to have your channel for 30 days. But my point is, I didn't wait. I didn't sit. I didn't gripe. I didn't moan. And I wasn't going to wait for my appeal to go through with, with Google. Right? I got it Google. done. And in 24, and I wasn't a happy person in that 24 hours, but I got it done. And people, you know, they kind of, oh, we can't all be like you. Well, what do you do? What do you, you know? Like, usually it's mockery. We can't all be like you. But sometimes like, well, how do I do it? It's like, you do not wait. You, and you don't expect help. You don't go looking for help. You have to do this on your own. So You're was like, this well, under your same, like, account that you set up another account or did you just start fresh? No, I started fresh. Okay. I always wanted to have another channel and I bought olderbrother.com quite some time ago for the domain name. And I was going to div- divvy it up and settle it up. But you know, well, you know, my life it's, you know, it's busy and then I got to go have fun. Um, but <laughs> now I, I, I was, I was like, okay, I got to do this now and we got to, it's got to get done now. So I always had this idea for older brother. Um, I want to do a podcast that uh, involved other people because I enjoy talking to other people. The Clary podcast is fun, but it's just me, and I like to have other people on. Plus, uh, in addition to just you know regular guys like you coming on, 
I do want to interview different groups of people that would be of benefit to younger men and women as well, whoever, you know, younger sisters would like to listen. Um, so that's kind of the, the point and purpose of this. But I, I just wanted to point out that you want to talk about life's lessons and something like you do not wait because no one is coming. You know, it's like the Phoenix. You guys remember the movie, The Phoenix? Where they rebuild the crash plane. They're in the desert and they have yeah. to build a plane. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're in a crash plane and they got to reconstruct a plane that'll fly and yep. uh, both the old one and the new one. Um, it's it's kind of like that. And that's a, you could be surrounded by people. I don't care how many fucking socialists you vote in. I don't care how many teachers claim they, to tell that they love you. I don't care how many professors say they're on. Not only are you alone in most regards, most of the people out there are there to scam you and fuck you over. Absolutely. And so you better learn real quick you're on your own. You better learn to do things on your own. And when people don't pull through and they don't come in, you know, you were giving me a little bit of guff detail. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be on it. It's like, well, don't, you know, don't, I just, I want to make sure that you can well, be on. What you called me three times, Anne was talking to earlier, earlier, and I didn't mention it. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> well, you, well, you, I gotta, you asked me three times, are you going to be on? Are you going to be on? It's because <laughs> I'm, used to, I'm used to people bailing. I'm, I don't have a Six Sigma, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Five decimals of, of reliability. Um but anyway, uh, yeah, that's 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 some advice there. Uh, regardless of whether you want to be an insult or not, or dating, that's that's just. Well, the only person that's going to make your life better is you. No one, right. unless you got some sugar mama, sugar daddy, rich parents, whatever. But they're not actually making your life better because they're just enabling you. So if the only person that's going to make your life better is you, that's that's it. Nobody else. Um, let me knock out some stuff, and I'll tell you guys a fun story. Um, Olderbrother.com is up and running. I'm waiting on some art to come in. Right now, it's a very minimal-looking website. I spent like three hours programming it last night. So if you guys want to go there, that's got all the links to everything, the archive MP3 list, YouTube channel, links to Asshole Consulting, contact, blah, blah, blah. Um, what else? Um, Do you have a picture shoot. of Wally up there? Because I was Wally? thinking the perfect mascot. Or olderbrother.com would be Wally Cleaver. That would be pretty cool. Gee, uh, but I got I got something way better. You know, okay. RJ, he did the cover for Enjoy the Decline. Yep. He's doing the cover for this too. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. So he's 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 got the that that's gonna be up there. Um gosh, I think that was about it. But anyway, yeah, so it's gonna be six PM Central Standard Time, blah, 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 and all those other people. Um anything else about that, uh about the incels and giving advice and all that. And don't dangle your penis in front of women for the first date kind of thing. <laughs> but, but make sure you remind her you have one. It, it, I don't know if you could do that on the first, by the way, in case you were wondering, I do have a penis. <laughs> I didn't mean directly. Just, 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 just make sure that she knows. Put socks down your pants. What are you yeah. talking about? Well, no, I think, I think she's referring to like the whole thing about like, are you a biological male or are you just a trans male? <laughs> God, I had a gal in my class. Speaking of it, going to pot, um, I only have to teach another like two months and I'm done. Uh, but I had a gal, you know, hey, welcome to class. Introduce yourself and say a little bit. And this lady actually said, my name is, I forget her name, Amy, let's just say. And I identify with she and her pronouns. And I just want to say, fuck you. This isn't the time and place. This is a goddamn finance class. Finances. No one gives a goddamn shit. 
Finances are the same, male or female, or whatever weird fucked up gender you think you are today. <laughs> God. And, and I almost guarantee you it was a Gen Xer, almost. So once again, I think the Gen Xers are playing Me Too and catch up and, and succumbing to the, the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm disabled too in many regards. <laughs> I would just say, I, the last you asked for last bits of advice to the incels. I'd just say... It gets better when you're young. Holy shit. Fucking sex is on your time, on your mind all the time. You'll be just get a random boner for no reason. It, yeah, I get it, but it gets better. You start to, you, you mature, your brain matures. So just, uh, just know that it gets better. And are there any incel girls or would that just be considered feminist? I mean, is there, is there like this realm of women? Where, no, I'm serious. I mean, you look at them, they're like, we hate girls. We hate men, you know, uh, we're oppressed. We're oppressed too. I'm like, boy, you guys are peanut butter and cup chocolate. You make some damn ugly Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> I, I think there are. I've 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 known some girls who had some issues they couldn't overcome. Who they actually really want a boy to think they're cute, and they just can't seem to deal with their, you know, their their Reese's peanut butter cups issues and. They're not nice, and yeah, there, there, there's a there's a female version of it. There's also uh, older women. Yeah, I think with I think that, yeah, I don't think there's too many young, like you know, twenty five and under female incels, unless they're like hideously deformed or something. Um, but yeah, my guess is probably the old women are probably can't get laid. Sorry, I say I hate to sound so cheap and. And basic, but man, it is sometimes just simple green gen uh, jealousy and envy. Um, because I've seen it, and they just, the, you know, remember? Heck, okay, we can all remember this. Remember when a gal who was fifty was like a grandmotherly lady, right? Yeah. Now, now it's it's oh lifestyle God. lifts. Yep. <laughs> they are the most cackly, loud, obnoxious. I know. <laughs> not even drunk in the act, and it's like. I just want to take a volume, a, t- a volume, just turn them down a little bit. And like, okay, ladies, now you go over. It's like, they got to let you know they're still there. They got to like. Most Tina! women. <laughs> most women should grow old gracefully. Unfortunately, with today's technology and all that kind of stuff, they don't. I would say there, there are some women that can pull it off. You know, the, the Suzanne Summers of the world, but they're genetic freaks. And and it's the same for guys too, I'm sure. But guys can, you can you can pull off the distinguished look longer as a guy, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I, the whole lifestyle lift just you, you, you watch any amount of uh, television with commercials, and it's all about looking young for as long as possible, and sure. and this obsession with youth and stuff like that. And and how about just being kind and being a good person? And and looking halfway presentable, that would be, that would go a long ways, I would say. Just be the nice grandma, kind of like uh, was in Futurama. There's grandma; she created all the robots. You guys familiar with Futurama at all? I ha- I haven't watched it. No. no. Anne, oh wait, I got Anne on mute. Anne, unmute yourself. John, you still there? Yeah, hey buddy. Oh, okay, no, that's all right. Anybody remember Futurama? The, the grandma, she's like Axel grandmotherly, like she makes cookies, and then <laughs> she pulls. Tweety Bird's grandma, I know that one. <laughs> yeah, she's like that. 
So you think, oh, that's just this nice grandma lady. But then in Futurama, this woman presses a button and it turns into this like jumpsuit and she's pure evil. <laughs> Nobody watches Futurama. Am no, I the I'm only? Sorry, I, don't, I don't. I never watched the show. Oh, I, I, I used to watch that show all the time, but I don't. I really don't remember her. I don't know why. Oh, John, I'm busy reading Shakespeare and Joyce. So I, I just... <laughs> <laughs> and Ed Sturzinger, too. Of course, Ed Sturzinger. Oh, all right, let me do um, – I, I forgot. Uh, Patreon.com slash Aaron Claire if you want to go there. I'm not going to be doing a ton of sponsors. Uh, actually, no sponsors. just going to be me plugging my own stuff on this because I want to be short and brief. Uh, you go to Asshole Consulting if you need questions. What else do I do there, BT? You've got books. Oh, that's right. we got books. You, you can all go to website. Old... You haven't mentioned your website yet. Olderbrother.com? No. Castle Captain Capitalism. Oh, yeah, the blog Captain Capitalism. But basically, go to Olderbrother.com. Check out all the other stuff there. Uh, oh, and the pinups you got for sale now. The pinups, well, they're not for sale. They're free. I don't, oh, I don't do that. I don't do that Patreon paywall shit. I, I know people say you should, and maybe sometime down the road. If you want, donate. Patreon's just kind of a fun beer fund for me. And I got a nice gal who was kind enough to put some 1950s housewife modeling pictures up. Not not picturesque or not the Jew Ward clean ivers. Some, some of them are a bit risque. And I'm putting up one a month. But, yeah, go to patreon.com slash Aaron Clary just to ch- take a look at the pinups. Um, and I got them categorized. There's pinups. You can go to the features. And then there's also the Older Brother podcast, which I'm putting there. Also, unbeknownst to many of you, I have been wanting to put together a comic strip. Um the details. Really? Of yes. The problem is finding an artist that does the fucking work on time. Models and artists, man, you cannot rely on them to get their shit together. I've been working. I've been trying to get this. I have like almost, I'd say a full year of material written and kind of in my mind. All I need to do is find a comic book artist and like good looking girls in modeling. It, you have no idea how long it took me to find Cindy Moran as a model to show up and actually do what she w- said she was going to do. Artists are the same way. Like I've sent out, I've gone to Fiverr and Deviant Art, and I followed up with a bunch of people. And you think these people would, you know, comic book artists, you know, you don't make six figures doing that. You think these people would jump on the opportunity and you're like, hey, yeah, I'll pay you for your time. And then, no, you are like, oh, yeah, I'll get back to you. Okay, send me some drafts. Nothing. Um. But that's – so that's definitely going to be down. But that will be another thing you get on Patreon if I ever can find an artist uh, <clears throat> to go ahead and reliably put something together. But, yeah, check out – Patreon.com. It's not just, uh, it's not just hey, go give Aaron money. It's, hey, go give Aaron money. And, oh, by the way, here's a little uh, hottie chick for you and some podcasts you can download and some other stuff. Cool. Yep. So, um, Do you guys want to hear a cool story? Sure. Go for All it. Right. All right. This is – this is pretty funny. Uh, buddy of mine says, hey, do you want to come to dinner with us? When I got my birthday, I say, okay, we'll be there. So me and the GF had just finished golfing 18 holes of golf, and I'm in the shower. And the GF yells, like, hey, what do you want me to wear? And I said, um, well, I don't care. I mean, we're just going to go to this pizza place, uh, you know, whatever you want. She says, well, I could wear what I had on earlier before we went golf. And I said, what's that? She says, my yellow and blue number. I'm like, oh, hey, and that's a good number, by the way. If you're wondering what the, it's a good number, I'm like, put that on. I, you know, put that bad on. So I'm showering, sitting there thinking, I'm like, uh, well, if she's putting that on, I better dress up myself. So I put on some nice jeans, get my Tony Lama boots, really cool shirt that I got, sport jacket over it. 
And then we're looking and, and she's like, what shoes do you want? I'm like, put on the yellow shoes with the yellow, little yellow flowers. Do that. And I'm like, yeah, there you go. That's it. So she's like, oh, okay. So I put on, I even comb my hair and deodorant and everything. So we look like a million bucks, right? Deodorant. Deodorant. That's how big of a night. Yes. <laughs> Pulling out all the steps. So uh, we get up. We're going to go get the car. And it's like, what car do you want to take? And it'd be prudent to take the, uh, the, the piece of crap car that I got to replace the Kia Rio. But the GF has a, a rather sharp-looking sports car. DT, you've seen it, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. And you can testify it's a very sharp-looking sports car. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, you know what? We, we look this good. But you know, we're, taking, we're taking the sports car. Let's take the sports car. So here we are. We look like Mr. and Mrs. Smith from the movie. And we're off to the pizza place. So we walk in, and my girlfriend is very taller than me. She strikes a very striking figure. People immediately see her. We look like a million bucks. There's my buddy. And we go and we walk and we sit with him. And we start talking. We place our order. So I got to make a phone call. I say, excuse me, I'll make a phone call. I get up. I'm looking at my phone. And I walk past the the booths we had walked past to get to. And in front of me, there's someone I think I recognize. But I'm walking, and she kind of looked and smiled, and I'm like, huh. And I walk, and within five feet, I realized who it was. Take a wild guess who it was. Your ex? It was my ex from 20 years ago. And not just a ex, but everybody has the psycho hunt grade A bitch from hell ex. That was this one. Wow. Yep. And so I'm like, kind of like, that was, I can't mention her name. I'm like, that was so-and-so. I'm like, holy shit. So I'm calling my grandma, who's still alive, thank God. And as I'm calling my grandma, I'm like starting to go through everything in my mind. I'm like, wait a minute. I just dressed up to look like a million dollars. My girlfriend, who is super tall and gorgeous, also looks like a million dollars. And we just pulled up in the sports car. And I see my psycho ex, not my nice ex, my psycho ex from 20 years ago. And she saw us. Like you could not have planned this any better. <laughs> this is what every guy dreams of. You know, every girl <laughs> dreams of where it's like, I'm gonna see my ex, I'm gonna be with this hot guy, we're gonna pull up in a hot car, and they're gonna be, boy, look at me, I'm still kicking ass, you fucking asshole. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm like trying not to like get too excited as I'm calling my grandma. Like the first thing on my mind, like, grandma, and guess what? Yeah, I look like a million bucks. I just saw that picture of my girlfriend for 20 years ago. And so uh, then I walked back in, and uh, that was the story. Yeah. What did your grandma say? I didn't. She, I got voicemail. Thank God. Oh, <laughs> I would have been a little like, wait a minute, like, no, hang on, grandma, I got to call you back. Hang on, was that really my thing? No, those feelings are great when you run into your ex when you know you, you happen to be going to like. I had an experience similar to that. Not wasn't like necessarily a psycho ex, but she saw me when I was going to uh, on my way to a black tie event with a really hot new girl and. You know, that was kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know why, because it, it's this is 20 years ago. Uh, and I admit it ultimately doesn't make any, you know, what you really want is the girl that broke your heart. That's the one because I dumped this girl. This was a bad girl. I got rid of her. You want the girl that broke your heart. And then you're like, hey, look at me flying like an F-15 fighter plane, you know, new and improved, that kind of thing. But for for whatever genetic reason, it was still kind of like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that reminds me. That reminds me. I gotta, I gotta take my new date and hang out on the west side more. 
Who are you going to make jealous? Uh, guy I dated for 10 years who wasn't actually attracted to me. Was it because you're beating up your microphone? You participated in microphone <laughs> abuse all the time? <laughs> How did you guess? Damn. Some people beat their wives. Other people beat their microphones. I just, you know, I don't judge. <laughs> a friend of mine uh, was a musician and he he wrote a song about a girl an ex mm. and he uh was playing at this bar or whatever and i went there to go see him and she happened to be there when he was singing the song about her that was sort of a glorious moment wow. <laughs> just belting out this rock song about about this former ex that was that uh you know, it's kind of the same situation as you, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, you know true, true, true story. True story. A, in, a lot of tears. <laughs> a true story. Alanis Morissette wrote a song about me. She did. He's yeah. An asshole. What? What is? What's the name of the song? Uh, well, it's a joke, Aaron. The one, oh. the big one in the nineties, where she was. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I could not name one song from her. I was again so too busy uh, in the nineties working. I did. I had uh, no idea of the music. I could. I knew Smashing Pumpkins had a song, and and uh, the only music I really listened to was Ministry, Revco, and uh, Rammstein. KMFDM. I did listen to. KMFDM. I know what song you're talking about, Sean. It's the one. It's the one that keeps playing. I thought, I thought you'd know it. I thought you guys. I thought this audience would know it because they were, they were around in the in the you know they were in their twenties in the nineties. So she talks mm-hmm. about going down on somebody in a theater or something. Yeah, like that. that was it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that's the that yeah that was you. Yeah. Lannis Morissette. Wait, wait. Huh? <laughs> he's he's uh, what's she up to nowadays? I don't know. She's uh, she was never really that hot, but you know now she's probably looking pretty hideous. Yeah, she was with that Ryan Reynolds guy for a while. Deadpool. She was with Wait, him. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, she was with him for a while. He's a good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, d- didn't Lena? Isn't Lena Dunham with like a good-looking guy? And she's yeah, she's hideous. with. I think she's with. Oh no, sorry. The, it's the female comedian uh, that I hate. Margaret Chow. Captain America. She's with Schumer. Captain America. Um, Amy Schumer's with Amy, Chris Evans. Yes, she is. Yep. What? She used to be. Yeah. I don't yeah, know she, she also was it. dating a, like a hockey player or something. Like you know, some guy who was like all muscular and big, like six something, and she, she was with him. Uh, they might be like my ex. Like how they they're blind? What? I, they they lack smell? <laughs> yeah, <we're actually> blind. <laughs> No, so, so, some guys really, really, actually get off on fat, mean chicks. They really do. It's a, it's a thing. Captain America should not, though. He yeah, not. he's like one of the most You're popular. Captain America. <laughs> yeah, him and what's her name, Scarlett Johansson, should have. Uh, right. I guess she's married. Well, I mean, that's I'd expect that. Well, maybe he likes being sat on with a ball gag and being berated. Oh, gross! And oh man, <clears throat> wow. I, I thought Amy Schumer was just like Marka Tro, perpetually single and disgusting, and no one would want to have anything to do with her. So I well, ruined Captain America. Funny, right now. You kind of did. I know. You, I know. It ruined did. it for me. It ruined it for me. I know. At least Robert Downey Jr. He kind of like overcame addiction, and maybe he's a you know closet Republican. And he's kind of you know like there's an element of of he 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 can play a good Tony Stark because he has some of the same qualities and characteristics as the character. But well, also uh, he's a very good actor, uh, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he he can sincerely act. Very few people can act. They just they're just in the business because they're pretty. Right. Um, he he's actually a talented actor. 
I'm still trying to get over this Captain America dating Amy Schumer. He's a total leftist too. It just sucks. He? I mean, he's this he's this rah rah American guy, and and it's just like you know who he really is, and it just ruins it. Like I should be dating Eva Mendez or something for God's sake, if that's how it works. I mean, that, right. Well, I still, you know, Aubrey Plaza has been playing hard to get with me with that restraining order. Who's Aubrey Plaza? Oh, she was in Parks and Recreation, and uh, oh, you love Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, me? who doesn't love Aubrey? Plaza? Yeah, everybody loves Aubrey. Oh, hey, uh, I could, I could, I could do a economic seminar for her. I could, I could. <laughs> Google, Google her and other images. She's hot, and also uh, she was part of the. Uh, she, there's the one of the videos of her that was released in the. I don't know if you remember the fappening. Uh, no. That was when uh, somebody somebody hacked all the celebrities' uh, videos and photos from the from the cloud. Okay, posted it uh, on the internet, and there is her making a uh, a video for her boyfriend, uh, where she's shall we say pleasuring herself after she just got out of the shower. Ah, okay. Well, and, maybe. Uh, yeah, I've I've seen it once, twice, <laughs> three times. The lady. Ah. <laughs> uh... I think Ed's watched that one too. It was so good. Hang on. Did any of you, did any of you guys see um, uh, what was it? Uh, Jean Claude von Johnson. I've I've seen it uh, advertised. I've not watched it yet. No. Um, there's an actress there who is very attractive, but she had this. You had to look. Like you said, they're all beautiful. You had to look beyond how they dressed her up. Cat Foster. Look her up. She's very pretty, pretty. Not hot, pretty, but very pretty, pretty. Oh, yes, I think we should do. Everybody's got to say their celebrity crush. I've already said mine. It's Aubrey Plaza. Here's the thing about modern celebrities, though they they all end up looking the same because they got the same plastic surgeons. I mean, it's like movies in the past. It's like women look unique and different and beautiful, and now it's like you watch. uh, I haven't. I hardly watch the um um what is it uh, miss universe or miss usa or whatever mm-hmm. but if you turn happen to turn that on they they all look the same their eyes are all the same shape they've got the same smile the same teeth the same cheekbones whatever and it's like there's no i i i prefer the um there's a uh who's the chick from uh that 70s show uh the the mom and that the old when lady was younger huh yeah, she was in Beastmaster. Um, I can't remember her name, but man, when she was younger, whew. you I'll one up you on that. Andy Griffith show, Aunt B. Aunt B. <laughs> Look her up when she was. Oh, you guys, do it now. Do it now. Go ahead. I'll give you time. Go ahead. Everybody, pull it up. Look it up. Look it up. Aunt, everybody listening. Everybody, look it up right now. Aunt B. Hang on. Let me get her, her name. Aunt B. Uh, let's see images played by francis bavier look up young francis okay i see i see what you're talking about okay i got a real real what was what was her name her real name francis bavier b-a-v-i-e-r and she was obviously she was older back then but um I mean, we're talking like the 1920s pictures or something, because it looks like that's when she came. 
but yeah, there's there's a uh, one like a risque photo of her. Was it? Oh, there's one of her in a bikini. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah she was. She yeah, was this not. Is real, this is real old. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yep. Agreed. Okay. You know, just this. You know. Just well, you want to you want to see someone who was hot back in the day that always did it for me. It might be a little cliche, but you look at uh, Liz Taylor in like you know uh, circa fifty five. Yeah. Yeah. I say I don't. I don't know. She's all right. The brunettes don't do it for me. Sorry, Ann. Uh. I'm crying now. <laughs> That was always weird, though. I was the opposite. That I kind of, I always kind of went for brunettes, not blondes. Well, James Manfield would change your mind of that real quick. Yeah, uh, but I was more like the Sophia Loren kind of. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. We had T.J. Martinell trying to sell us his socialist whore. Uh, what was her name? Ingrid Bergman trying to tell us that she was good looking. It's like, no, 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 she doesn't. I always say that because he's listening right now. He'll get upset and he'll join us very. Quickly. Yes, but Casablanca was still a great movie. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. But yeah, Sophia Loren and Mande La Mancha. There's no comparison. There's just no comparison. Hey AC, I got to hang it up, buddy. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna end it here as well. So uh, Anne, John, thank you very much for attending. Uh, you guys also have a standing invite uh, next week. Uh, let me know if you can make it. Because um, and I, and the only reason I'm very thorough about it is so that I know that I have people and. Um, so, uh, and if not, then I'll send out other invites. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Right, thanks see you guys. for having, having me.